penetrated and honor is really just what he calls his penis he's really into it the cell with the cell get on with the cell call me papa lee i'm your daddy now and you all fail i'm gonna jerk off on his bed the south ain't gonna rise shit my dick will rise welcome dabblers to another episode of people time If this is your first episode, this is where we uh, dive into the lives of the most influential figures in history. We talk about all the stuff that you didn't learn about in school, plus we go over the stuff you did learn in greater detail. Yeah, sometimes ad nauseum, like maybe too much. Yeah. But we like to be thorough. Thorough? Yeah, we like to be very thorough. God, you are so white. And we're also very strange and goofy and yeah, maybe racist. Yeah, we go off on a little bit of tangents here and there, but uh, for the most part, our uh, we, first of all, our research is super accurate. We try to make sure to give you guys all good information. Only good information. Yeah. And then we throw in our crappy jokes to help tie it together. Also, history's kind of a fucking joke. Yeah, kind of. So let's not, get, let's not get up our asses here. Or you can. You can do that as well. If it's fun. We're funner. At least I'm having more fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not fucking Dan Carlin. <laughs> yeah. That guy's doing his own thing. Yeah. We're doing our thing. Perfect. Where we also fight popples. And popples. And there's there's ghosts and stuff. Yeah, we got lots of fun stuff. Our show is crazy and and educational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're also um anonymous. You don't get to know who we are. It's privileged information. What is it? We're in Witness protection. What's your name, then? I'm Janice from Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. I play the bass. Huh? Janice? Mm-hmm. Dr. Teeth? Yeah, the band. What's that? It's my band. Oh, it's your band. Mm-hmm. Are you the singer and the bass player? I'm the bass player. Dr. Teeth sings. <laughs> yeah. Monster is our drummer. It's really just uh, Keith Moon. Uh, I feel like there's Muppet. a lot of references i'm not getting here <laughs> it's the muppet band oh <laughs> is his name really dr t the singer is that's weird hmm very interesting i'm jan i have no eyes and i have huge lips that's hot it is i'm a very attractive muppet nice yeah you wouldn't be surprised how often grover is coming over to my house like hey let's hook up I grover yeah but he's also a little overly aggressive sexually. That's why I like Grover. Yeah. That hairy blue dick of his. Mm-hmm. Pops up. It's fun because it takes a, a separate puppeteer to control the penis. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a third guy. Pops That's all he does? Just... He just controls the penis. Nice. And then he uses that to knock on my door like, Janice! I can't do a Kroger or a Grover impression. That's okay. I, I can hear my head. That's good. Sweet. That's, that's what counts. Yeah. <coughs> that's the weird shit we do. What's your name? Uh, I'm always farting uh, Jimbo. Damn it, Jimbo. Always farting Jimbo. You know, we're stuck in the people's time bunker for uh, this. I mean, I don't. I mean, my my name's not try to be nice about it. It's just always is. I'm sorry. Do you not? I mean, I have some Bino. Nah. No, okay. Yeah. I'm not changing my name. No, yeah, that's yeah, that's fine. I mean, it's your name. It's who you are. I can't really judge that. Yeah. I don't think the the bunker has very good ventilation, though. Nah, it gets rid of the popples. 
Yeah, they don't like the smell. Keeps them away. Actually, as a Muppet, I don't think I have an actual nose, so I think we're okay. Perfect. I don't have, like, nostrils. I just have to suffer alone. But it's my own fault, so. Hey, it's your flavor. Most people are fine with it, with their own flavor. Not this not this time. Not this flavor? Not this one. <laughs> it's like, it's that bad. It's bad. It's bad. Oh, it's medical? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You gotta go at it with chemicals and stuff, and it still doesn't help. Well, the singer of my band, his name is Dr. Teeth. I don't, I can't say it's a medical doctor. I mean, I could ask him to look at your asshole. Oh, okay. We could check out the, if he has some flatulent disease. I don't know why, but I feel like because it's one person, it should be Dr. Tooth, but I digress. Yeah, I don't know. He's got a whole set of teeth. Okay. So he gets to be the doctor of all of them. Teeth paste. Mm-hmm. Should be teeth paste. Well, uh, do you want to know about the- just brush the one? Yeah. Weird. Well, do you want to know the fun fact of the day? Doot, 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 doot. Facts of the day. Woo. Oh. You helped. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's a collaboration. So this is kind of a weird one. I was watching a documentary on um, a bunch of different things, and I found one that was oddly weird, but also super interesting. Mm. So Canada is very well known for their maple syrup. Sure. Right? They have the maple leaf and all that. People are into it. Or, yeah, it seems like it's a big, giant cultural thing. Everybody needs to have their syrup. Yeah, yeah. I've seen uh, Canadian people go bonkers for that shit. Yep. They're into it. And so all around Canada, they go and harvest syrup from the maple trees. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because there's an entire legal thing going on with syrup. It's huge. Mm-hmm. And what what's going on is that people that go and harvest syrup... There's already been groups that have already been a part of this organization that directly is involved with just selling syrup, and they kind of control what all the smaller guys do as well. They try to get them to all join their group, and technically it should be illegal, but because of how much money's surprisingly in syrup, this organization's able to throw money at, like... Weird. Yeah, legislation and shit. So there's like a whole syrup cabal. Yeah. I <laughs> like... The syrup empires. Well, they're saying like for how much a barrel of syrup is, it's it it's more valuable than a barrel of oil. Well, it's probably harder to come by, I guess. There's only they, so many trees. Yeah. Hmm. And so they have this whole entire reserve where it's like if the world was ever to end, we have all this stuff that's in this bunker. Oh, thank God. And syrup is like <laughs> they have tons of it in there. So like if, if everything goes to hell, we'll at least have syrup. Thank God. They have other shit too, of course. Yeah, poontain, yeah. whiskey. Right. Uh, Tragically Hip Records. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just in case. Right. Yeah. And so uh, they've been stocking a bunch of syrup in there. And while this organization was trying to control a bunch of the smaller guys, the smaller guys were trying to fight back and they weren't winning. And so they decided to just go steal a shit ton of the syrup from mm. their bunker that they've been storing all this from. <laughs> and it's something crazy, like $20 million worth of syrup. And everybody got caught that was involved, or at least... As far as we know, everybody got caught. They found out who was stealing it. The syrup bandits. Yeah. But it's crazy that there's just a whole entire, like I would think of this like drugs or some kind of weird money laundering thing going on. Something much heavier than maple syrup on your pancakes. the most Canadian thing ever. I know, right? Like I imagine armed guards outside the the syrup bunker. I was surprised someone stole. I thought they'd be like, (laughs) at least saying sorry while they're doing it. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Leave a note. Yeah. Sorry about your syrup. Or just leave some cash. 
as a replacement for it. They're like, we just needed the syrup. <laughs> we still want to pay for it. We're not criminals, God. Yeah. We just want you to have the syrup because you're controlling everything. And it's very rude. <sighs> you hosers. But, you know. I'm want. sorry. I'm sorry I feel that way. <laughs> I'm sorry if it hurt your feelings. So, yeah, there's my fun fact that, just, that you can watch a whole entire documentary on, on Netflix. It's called Dirty Money, and they have multiple episodes, and that's one of the episodes. That is very strange and very Canadian. Yeah. Weird. I don't even like maple syrup. I like it on pancakes. That's about it's as far too, as that goes. It's too strong. Yeah. It can't be like pancakes, all fun and delicious at the start, but then by the end, you're sick of them. Mm-hmm. Mitch Hedberg. But it's true. May he rest in peace. I don't know if I've ever finished a plate of pancakes. You get fucking sick of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's too, you can't eat a lot of them, that's and, for sure. And I prefer, you know, Kroger brand syrup. I don't even know what the fuck that's made out of. I don't know. It's thin. It's not overpowering. Maple syrup is like getting kicked in the fucking mouth. Yeah. Weird Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> Try some Kroger shit. It's thin. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Put on your crepes and maybe get through the whole plate. <clears throat> now a crepe, I'll destroy. I'll eat all the crepes. Oh, you should eat it. Oh, okay. You do eat it. I'll yeah. Destroy it with my mouth. Nice. Pancakes, you know. I mean, I like pancakes. I like French toast, so I'll put syrup on that. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I am more of a pancake guy than French toast. But I don't think I've finished a plate of them in my entire life. Hmm. Why? I need room for bacon. <laughs> I need to keep some room in my stomach for bacon. Yeah. And, ha and hash browns. Hmm. Because ultimately, I'm Irish. Give me the potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Let's just fill me up full of potatoes. <laughs> Well, who the fuck are we learning about today, bro? Uh, Robert E. Lee. Oh, it's Robert E. Lee. Robert E. Lee. Yeah, Robert E. Robert E. Oh. His name is is actually Bobbert, so he's sort of he's Robertish. So he's Robert E. So I don't know a whole lot about Robert E. Lee. As a matter of fact, there's only a couple things that really come to mind. First one is uh, bad guy, <laughs> who was the I thought the leading, or I think the leading general of the south during the u.s civil war yeah yeah, yeah. is that pretty close yeah episode over okay thanks for tuning in glad i was able to learn what i already knew we're the bone boys you're the dabblers have a nice life bam bam ah oh, bone boys so i wouldn't paint him as bad guy no i mean i mean because i always think the south they're the ones who wanted slavery they, so exactly the general guy that's true guy. i should probably redact that because I'm not a fan of his. He's just not overtly villainous like okay. some people we've done. See, I would have thought he'd been like, fuck all the blacks. <laughs> I love slavery, and I'm going to win the war. Yeah. most Yeah, the impression of him is, <laughs> slavery. Yeah. But you're telling me he's like, huh. He's a very reluctant war leader. He didn't even really want to be there. <laughs> he's like, I'd rather not, guys. Blacks are okay. I don't have any problems. No? Okay, I have to go? Okay. Okay, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, that's my impression of him. Weird. I guess. Well, then I can't wait I mean, to learn. All right. Not, he's not a fan of blacks, but he's not like one of those angry, kill them all, enslave them all types. Okay. So he's not as evil as I thought for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't, he's not sinister, but he, 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 he's not great though. He's probably not a good guy, I imagine still. I don't know. You ask half the country, he's a fucking angel. Really? Yeah. A lot, oh. of, a lot of people revere him very, very highly. Well, there's a lot of good people we've done that were heroes that I kind of was like, okay, yeah, but also, he got some bad parts to him. So I'm excited to hear about someone who's kind of bad and then see if there was anything interesting or good. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go so far as, you know, I don't think we're going to redeem him here. No. But I can't paint him as villainous. It would be too much of a stretch. Like, JFK, 
I don't think it's villainous, but he's just sort of a jackass. Yeah. And an asshole, and he didn't really do that much. Yeah. So that we should, you know, when that comes up, we should acknowledge that. But Yeah. Yeah. Or the fact that we all know Columbus is a bad guy. Yeah. But we detailed, like, oh, no, yeah, like, monstrous. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah, thousands of lives. A-hole. Yeah. What an a-hole. Is there anything worse you can call a person? Oh, I think that's it. A-hole. <laughs> He deserves every... Maybe a B-hole? That's pretty bad, too, actually. Yeah. Or a B-head. <laughs> this, this show is not for children. It's very... The language is graphic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I should also acknowledge this is actually a request. Oh, who from requested it? Justin. Ooh, Justin. One of our listeners named Justin. Mm-hmm. I mean, we probably have a bunch of them named Justin, but one of them requested this. This Justin knows who he is. There you go, buddy. This is for you, Justin. Not you, Justin. You, Justin. Point at yourself. Yeah. The correct person. Mm-hmm. This is for you. Yeah. And anybody else who's listening, his name is Justin. Just pretend that it was you, too. That's fine. Yeah. Tell everybody, like, they took my request. All I'm going to say is just to clear, to clear the air, fuck you, Justin, and you're awesome, Justin. There. Now you guys figure it out. Because you don't know who's who. But I do. And but you, uh, you do. They do, too. They, they'll figure it out. Dabblers are smart people. They'll both think it's me saying they're awesome, so that works out. Yeah, nobody ever thinks they're being told to fuck off. <laughs> Everybody's like, they're talking about him, right? <laughs> <laughs> they're not talking about me. Yeah, thanks, Justin. We were actually going to have Justin sit in. That didn't work out. It's fine. No, that's okay. Shit balls. Well, Robert E. Lee, there's actually a lot of uh, historical shit to get through, and I think his personality is probably not as well known as I think I can paint him. Oh, okay. Paint him with all the colors of the wind. He would have hated that. He fucking hated Native Americans. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> he fucking hated them. If there's anything I could say, his racism was thorough. What, was he hateful. more Was he more uh, racist against Natives than black people? Yeah. Well, he saw races as like a, what do they call that, social Darwinism? Like a step, like a ladder? Yeah, like white people are the top of the evolutionary ladder because we are civilized and anybody below that are working towards being white people. So to him, Mexicans were pretty gross, but they were right beneath white people and then blacks and then natives. See, that's weird because the natives are, oh, he hated them. I've, I've met people who've been like very specific with the racism and I haven't been able to figure out why. Like I remember what, there was one person who I used to be friends with, like childhood friends. Mm-hmm. And then we parted ways for a decade or so. Met back up and we're like, hey, how's it going? It's been a while, man. We <laughs> He's like, fuck black people, right? <laughs> <laughs> we started talking and it was out of nowhere. He was like, yeah, it's just these, I don't know. I live around like a bunch of Japs. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> what did you just say? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, we well, got a problem with Japanese people or something? And he's all like, yeah, they're, they're fucked up. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I- I haven't seen you since, like, we were kids, but... What a weirdly specific thing to hate, too. And you didn't have any problem, it seemed like, with anybody else. And I was just like... And he couldn't pinpoint, like, what exactly it was. He just said they were all awful. They're just awful. And I was like, we're not hanging out again. (laughs) In my mind, he works for, like, Kawasaki or Sony. It's just like, (laughs) ugh, these fucking Japs. They're everywhere. Am I right? They're everywhere. They're disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what his deal was. Anyways. Stupid asshole. Yeah. I didn't even think, like, I mean, you know, the old school guys who fought in Korea in World War II had some problems. I mean, I get it. it. You're fighting against them, but even that, yeah. 
What's there to hate about? Especially nowadays with a kid who's around my age, like that too. And there's, and I don't mean this to sound weird, but I don't think there's a whole lot of uh, Asian people in Utah. There's really not. So I don't know. Like, I guess he ran into two that were oh, then they were awful dicks to him, and then he just applied it to you know billions of people. It's easy to do. Hmm. Why not? Especially since people like that, I bet he doesn't know who is Japanese and who's Taiwanese. He doesn't fucking have any idea. He's just like, ew. He's one of those people like, they're all the same. I mean, if you're from China, it's fine. But if I can't tell, then fuck you. (laughs) I hate you. That's terrible. You fucking Jap. Yeah. Weird. So he believes more in in the latter. Robert E. Lee. Yeah, which I guess is actually still a pretty prevalent thing. Weird. People still feel that way. Get over your whiteness, you fuck. I don't know. Read a book or something, man. Uh, or just shut the fuck up. So, Robert was born January 19th of 1807. 1807. Whoa. Yeah, okay, duh. Mm-hmm. And he's born Robert Edward Lee. Mm. I was hoping it was going to be like some kind of girly name. That's why we all just said Robert E. Lee rather than be like... He didn't want you to know. Yeah, it's Robert... What's a girl's name that starts with an E? Uh, Edith. Lee. Esther. Yeah. Robert Esther Lee. We're going to call him Esther for the rest of the episode. Perfect. Actually, later in the war, he gets called Granny. Granny Lee. <laughs> what? Why? We can call him Granny. I like that, too. All right. Granny. So, Granny was born to uh, Henry Lee the Third, who's also known as Light Horse Harry. Light Horse Harry is actually like a Revolutionary War hero. Oh. Huh. He rode horses in the cavalry. People are all very... Impressed. So fighting against the British. Mm-hmm. The Brits. Right. Very uh, very American, very warlike, and he lives in Virginia. Mm. Light Horse Harry. He's also a drunk and uh, kind of an asshole. I that, would imagine that's how most people are back then. It's like everybody. Yeah. Uh, his mom is nice. Her name is Anne uh, Hill Carter, and she is from the Carter family, who in Virginia were the richest slave-owning family in Virginia. How the fuck... So was he, because of his status in the war, he kind of was able to... Well, that's... So his mom's family, the Carters, have yeah. all the slaves. And then his dad is Light Horse Harry. So they're like they're like Revolutionary War heroes. So they own match a lot up status-wise. Yeah. yeah. But that's always a thing. You got to marry in your status. Yeah. Yeah. Both me and my wife grew up in trailer parks. Same status. Perfect. Don't want to... I want to go outside of my bubble. It's weird out there. His people are different. There's a bunch of Japs out there. <laughs> and they're terrible. Oh, it's so bad. Well, Light Horse Harry, his dad, uh, is an idiot. Um, he actually took all of Ann Hill Carter's wealth after her family died. Um, he, so Light Horse Harry inherited all Did of he the Carter family wealth. Kill all of her family? It makes it sound like they all died and then he was wealthy. Weirdly. <laughs> He was just standing on a pile of bones like, ah, I guess they died. Want some money? How about you don't talk about this? Walk away. Yeah. And then you own more people than anybody's ever owned. Yeah. Well, he actually was a gambler and a drunk and sold off the bulk of the Carter family wealth throughout their their marriage. Jesus. Until uh, he ends up time in a debtor's prison and is like poor. And abandons the family. This is going great. I like this so far already. This is a good tale. He ends up moving to the Caribbean. Um, He said it was because the warm air and climate will help with his health. 
He died in the Caribbean, a drunk on the run from debtors. Nice. So, uh, Granny Roberts' dad, not a heroic, not in his later life, not a heroic figure. Yeah. But because of that, Robert was raised primarily with his mom and his sisters, and uh, that's sort of a thing with him. Robert uh, prefers the company of women. He doesn't. He's like shy around dudes. So wait, let me to make sure I got this straight. His dad just left the family entirely. They didn't all go to the crib. Oh yeah, sorry. It's just light horse Harry. Oh okay. He just bounced. I figured they were all gonna go, and then the rest nope. would come back. They all still live in Virginia. Hmm. It's just Harry who's like, I'm going to the Caribbean. Peace. Whatever. Okay. It's good for my health. Yeah. And then he dies there. And Robert actually only ever saw his dad's uh, 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 headstone once. And it was just sort of in passing. That's weird. He was like, he was already where his dad was buried. And he's like, oh, I guess I better go see it. He just like pointed up there. Okay. Cool. Like, that's his name and stuff. Mm. Yeah. He really did not care for that. Okay. I don't know. Grew up with, you said his mom and then he had some sisters. Yeah. He had, I think he had three or four sisters. Yeah. And that's who he's used to being around. He likes, he likes the lady types. Um, both flirtatiously and just platonically, he prefers women. And he is a, a huge flirt. He likes to tease women. Oh. In a fun way. In a cute way. Hmm. You know, in that old-fashioned... <laughs> You're a girl. You belong in the kitchen. <laughs> but seriously, <laughs> could you make me some food? Yeah. Well, I actually see him as, like, hanging out in the kitchen with a bunch of women. Making shooting the cookies. shit. Cooking. Cool. Yeah, he likes the ladies. In that way. Um, he was actually born during a very heavy snowstorm while his mom had the flu and uh, Harry was gambling. Okay. So that's just sort of to give you an idea. He he came into the world in a rough spot without a, a dad. Yeah. Um, they, let's see. Um, yeah, Robert was six when Harry left, so he never really knew his dad. Uh, there are four other kids, so Anne has five kids and she has i mean harry already sold all of her wealth so they just kind of eke by in apartments and the families that sort of house them can you imagine that must be like you come from a wealthy status and family and you have it all and you marry some jackass who blows all of it then leaves and you're like can what, you imagine if i would have just married somebody else <laughs> yeah what if i had married somebody who's not a complete dickhead yeah not a drunken that would gambler. Been fucking cool yeah because now she she they they live she lives the rest of her life pretty fucking poor bummer, and Robert is described in his childhood as quiet, and very reserved and shy. Hmm. Um. And he did have some older brothers, but they moved out uh, in their teenage years. So when Robert hits about thirteen, he's the man of the house, and he just takes care of his mom and his sisters, who were all chronically sick. Uh, his mom had tuberculosis, which I don't think really goes away. Yeah, that's not good. That's what uh, we were just talking about tubercul tuberculosis with our last episode on uh, mm -hmm. Columbus because his wife died of it. Seems like a pretty common thing. His first wife. What did they used to call that? I don't remember. They used to have a different word for tuberculosis. They should because it's a hard word to fucking say. <laughs> God it's, damn it. It's spelled really fucking weird. Yeah. Tubular colitis. Oh, I like that way better. I got the tubular colitis. Colitis. That sounds radical. Right? That sounds gnarly. Tubular. <laughs> I'm coughing up blood. <laughs> What's up, guys? This is so groovy. Um, 
Well, yeah, and his sisters also have various ailments. So he ended up being like taking care of the family. He worked a bunch of odd jobs. Odd job, like 007 style. Yeah, where you're, he's too sh- he's too short for you to shoot in the game. It's the worst. Which is just a fucking cheat. But I used to play him a lot. Me too. In Goldeneye, because in real life I'm quite small and I get away with shit. Yeah. Like I've never been shot. <laughs> that's pretty good. It's probably that's probably the reason. Oh, shit, that's I'm just it. Dodging. I'm too tall. Shit, I want to get shot one day. You are. <sighs> All right. Just have to live with it. I need to get the golden gun. But the reverse of that is that I can't sexually attract a woman who's taller than 5'3". Because <laughs> they look with some pros and cons. They look at me like, oh, that's a hobbit. I'm not, I'm not into that. So Hobbits are cute. Nobody wants to fuck a hobbit, though. <laughs> you just want to hang out and drink tea with him. <laughs> Someone does. I'm sure. That's true. I, yeah. True. If I were single, I would find some. I would go to renaissance fairs and find ladies who are well there you go you're not single so you already found someone see it's actually true yeah i don't have to worry about that anymore but my wife is also not attracted to me (laughs) (laughs) so it's a continuing problem (laughs) she's just with me for my money oh nice yeah um he does go to uh alexandria academy in virginia he's very good at math um, not a great student, not a bad student. He does fine. Right down the middle. Center. Good old average. Good old fine. Okay. That's fine. That's passable granny. Yeah. He, um, decides after high school that maybe he's not so intellectual, so he joins the military like his dad would did. Because I guess, you know, military, they pay you and shit. Yeah. Why not? Um, so when he's 17, he interviews with the Secretary of War, John C. Calhoun, to enter West Point Academy, which I should say is, you know, the pre- the preeminent military academy. Yeah, it's West Point. That sounds like, isn't that a famous uh, Very. school? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In New York. It's actually where uh, uh, Eisenhower and Patton went. Right, yeah. And actually, uh, Patton is from Virginia, and he fucking loved Robert E. Lee thought he was a fucking genius weird yeah their general style is not similar so i don't know no i remember in the patent episode i was talking about how when he was growing up his his dad would tell him good night bedtime stories about how amazing the south was and how amazing robert e <laughs> lee is so Patton, yeah he fucking loved him right but john c calhoun uh was the secretary of war and that's ironic because much later in history john c calhoun is one of the major politicians who pushes for the uh secession of the states in the south so they're gonna want they want to split from the north Mm -hmm. he's the guy who eventually wants to do that but right now it's 1824 and he sees in uh granny some ambitions where he's like yeah you can go to west point that's fine Little did he know he was going to be, like, head in the war and losing it for him. It's like, I'm going to need you later, but you don't fuck up, though. Yeah. Don't, don't I'm counting up. a lot on you, but go ahead and go on. Go get your education. Let's get this started. Yeah. Um, at West Point, he studies math, and he is actually the best at engineering. He actually becomes a military engineer. And in West Point, it was spoken in several resources. I saw that he never got one demerit. Oh, my God. Which is good, because too many demerits will actually eventually lead to a full disagulation. (laughs) What's a disagulation? You don't even want to (laughs) know. Well, that's pretty... uh, So he was a prissy prat. I mean, they said that at West Point. How do you become the engineer, 
the best engineer back during Civil War times. Like, he can put together a gun. I think really good. Yeah. Or you learn like how to quickly build bridges. Okay, that like makes sense. Like battlefield bridges or yeah, okay, that does. Uh that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, or like carts maybe cuz they don't have cars. Yeah. But um to get a demerit was very easy. No tobacco, no alcohol, no women, no playing cards, no novels, no swimming. No novels? No leaving. Yeah, they had very strict rules. Don't no reading in school. <laughs> well, you can only read war shit. Okay. And if there's a fun protagonist, demerit. No, get out. Get the fuck out granny yeah. but he either didn't get caught or didn't do any of these things in his in his four years of uh at west point no demerits so maybe he's just a kiss ass uh, that's kind of what i took away from it maybe he's just really good at not getting caught yeah maybe he's just like i've been fucking so many women while i'm here they dude playing cards idea. reading a novel while fucking a lady and drinking and drinking huh. and we're all and we're swimming too like she was <laughs> really game i'm really appreciative that yeah. she was really <laughs> She's like, yeah, I'll sleep with you. And I pull out this bag with, like, cards and cigarettes and Let's swimming party. trunks. <laughs> you ever been to a full disagulation party? <laughs> Trust me, if we get caught even with one of these things, let alone all of them, I'm out of here. That's how dangerous this is. He's, like, on a motorcycle, like, that's how dangerous I am, lady. Mm-hmm. She's like, whoa, you're so Roberty. Um... He was there uh, in attendance at West Point at the same time as Jefferson Davis, which is also fun. Because Jefferson Davis is ultimately the president of the Confederate government later, oh. later in life. I, are they about the same age then? Um, Give or take, I'm sure. Yeah, I can't remember. One of them is a little... They're a couple of years off because they weren't in like, the same graduating class. I think Davis is actually younger than him. Oh, weird. Okay. But they were there around the same time. Um, and Robert actually graduated the year before one Edgar Allan Poe started at West Point. Wow, that's weird. Yeah, I just found that side. It's just weird. Two but. people go to the same school. Wait, so is that one still a military base school? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know Edgar Allan Poe went to any kind of military base. We're, anything. We're going to have to people time him. Yeah. That's the only thing I know about his personal life. That and he loves Eleanor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who the fuck that is. Nevermore. Um... But I did read, because I wanted to check that, so I read about Poe's time in the West Point, and he, he dropped out after less than a year. I guess he was like, this shit isn't my shit. He's like, oh, this is a writing class? <laughs> what is this? Killing people? I this was creative writing. Huh. Maybe that's what he was doing, getting an aspect of... Could be. It's like, what's the most depressing stuff? War. Perfect. I'm so goth. I'm so emo. I need to go see war. Now I'm going to go write some melancholy shit. He's like, wait, I can't fuck a girl while smoking? Oh, I'm out. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Felicia's. Um, he graduated in 1829, second in his class. Woo. Who was first? Fuck that guy. Somebody history doesn't give a shit about. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't mean. Yeah. What what place you graduated in doesn't matter. It's what you do with it. Yeah. Because you and I dropped out of high school. And look at us now. <laughs> we got a fucking podcast now. <laughs> And you can't just you can't just also come up with one right away. You can't just do it. You can't just put one online. There's committees. There's f- uh, forms. Yeah, you have to fill out. I have to get a microphone. Yeah, two of them. No shit. Yeah, and a laptop. Mm. This is serious shit. What we're doing now, and I didn't even graduate. <laughs> so follow your dreams, kids. Uh, he's assigned to uh, construct. Fort Pulaski. What the? It's an island. Well, it's on Cockspur Island uh. in Savannah, Georgia. 
Um, which is just fun. I'm just finding more connections to his future. Fort Pulaski uh, is destroyed during the Civil War by uh, Union cannons. But Robert built it, or he was like the main head engineer to build this thing after he graduated, and he built it to be impenetrable. Which is kind of silly now that we know that it was it totally penetrated. Penetrated fucking deep with some heavy balls. So maybe he wasn't the best, or maybe they just, I mean... He built it without the knowledge of the firepower the Union would end up having yeah. a few decades There's later. Not much you can, nothing's impenetrable. impenetrable. It's not. Mm-hmm. Nothing is impenetrable. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did have 11 feet thick walls. And he is quoted as saying, you might as well bombard the Rocky Mountains than Fort Pulaski. So he really thought, he felt pretty good about it. Yeah. Didn't work out later. No. That's fine. Um. He, uh, when he was down there, I'd just like to acknowledge that he did have a personal slave named Nat. Jesus. Who was an elderly guy, um, who Nat actually went with him to Georgia because Nat is a little bit older and they thought maybe the, the heat of Georgia would help him. What's up with the heat helping your health? Is this a, it's I a mean, thing I've heard people say, but I always sounded fake to me. I'm sure that cold isn't great, but I would imagine the heat isn't any better. It's just different. No, it's, it's cold as fuck here and we're, there's tons of old people. Yeah. It's like those old people who retire in Arizona. Or, They're like, the heat's good for me. When they go to Florida. Exactly, but they just go there because it's nice. Yeah. Like, Savannah, Georgia is probably nice. Probably. Savannah. Humid. Savannah. There you go. Yeah. Like, molasses <laughs> falling out your mouth. <laughs> um, he got engaged in 1830 to Mary Anna Custis, who is also... Weirdly super important. So, Mariana Custis is the daughter of Martha Washington, who was married to George Washington. What? But, George, I didn't know this. George and Martha didn't have their own children, but Martha had kids from a previous marriage. This guy's last name is Custis. And he died, and George Washington raised Martha's kids. What? Yeah, so, Mariana Custis, uh, George Washington is her grandfather but step grandfather even though he, right. he raised them all he wasn't biological but he was that's yeah. weird to think about especially because my brain tries to think of presidents as generations which is totally not right because it's four to eight years yeah but it's like george washington's first president lincoln's 16th president that's the time frame we're at but yeah i mean you give it four years yeah because it's 1830 yeah and i don't know how long george was the president because i haven't people timed him yeah, because I dropped out of high school. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but so he married George's daughter, ish. Yeah, George Washington. George Washington's stepdaughter. Step granddaughter. Oh, step granddaughter. Yeah. Okay. Because her dad is George Washington Park Custis, which oh, is George's okay. kid. Um, weird. Weird. Yeah. Weird. Um, which also makes her very important, but. Her dad was, sorry, her dad's not George Washington Park. Her dad is John Park Custis, mm. who was George Washington's stepson. Mm. It's hard to get that all together. But yeah. he is also hilariously just like Light Horse Harry. He was an idiot, and he squandered the Washington fortune. Oh, and shit. Even though he was seen, like John Park Custis was seen as the inheritor of the Washington whatever yeah because they had a whole uh plot of land in their virginia estate and he fucking sold it all and squandered it all and he was a dumb drunk who everyone considered a jackass nice which is a great metaphor for america yeah 
Um, and it's so funny is that he actually didn't approve of their marriage, Robert and Mary. I don't know why, but he's such a jackass that they ignored him and got married anyway. Cause like, like, fuck you. You're a dumb drunk. <laughs> we're going to get married and we're going to have sex with each other. I knew the father of our country. Shut up. Shut up, dad. You're such a jackass. Yeah. America. <coughs> We're out of whiskey. Got the tuberculosis coming in. Tuberculosis. That's a really groovy feeling, but I don't feel great. Yeah. It's a good, it's a bad groovy. Tubular. Tubular. Um, but they are complete opposites, Robert and Mary. Um, Mary is spoiled. She loves attention. She's messy. She's also repeatedly described as fucking lazy. <laughs> but in that old timey fun talk where they're like, she was disposed of a little more than average leisure. <laughs> right. Which in my mind is she sits on her ass yeah. and complains. She can't she can't afford to pick stuff up for herself. Other people exactly. have to do it for her. Which the Washingtons had a grip of slaves. So I was she, gonna say she yeah. was used to that, not having to wipe her own ass, probably. Yeah. Um but That's an extra smelly one, I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I am disposed of much leisure. In my asshole. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why it just sounds like an asshole that gave up and just let it all out. Like, just... it can't even squeeze. <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah, it's all of it. And go ahead, clean up in there. Slaves! I pooped! I'm, I'm pooping! Those poor slaves. <laughs> um, and Robert is, as I've said, he's more introverted, more shy. And uh, definitely not not uh, disposed of leisure. Right. Not lazy. I don't know. Opposites attract maybe, even though he doesn't particularly seem to like her. <laughs> but they got married super fast, and they actually adorably call each other Mr. and Mrs. Lee. Oh, that's cute. Hmm. Um, Robert's, uh, let's see, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to detail every goddamn thing, but there's a lot here. Um, he leaves uh, his Fort Pulaski assignment to go work on another fort uh, in Virginia, um, and this sort of happens a lot. He just goes from fort to p fort to help engineer it. Do any of them make it through the war? Most of them are not standing or are memorial okay. places now. I think Fort Monroe is still around, but yeah, it's like a Civil War park. Hmm. Yeah, come see it. And now he does a lot of that shit. He was apparently a very good engineer. Right. Um. Poor old Nat passed away shortly after uh, Robert got married, but luckily they have a personal slave named Cassie. Oh. She's a little bit younger, so she's a little bit more spry. We don't have to worry about her fucking dying. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um. Robert was part of the Army's response to the Nat Turner Uprising in 1831, even though he didn't participate because his regiment was late. He was going to be there. Yeah. There's that. Um, he also, let's see, blah, 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 blah. I'm trying to decide what notes I want to say and not say. Cause okay. We've already discussed this part. Because I have a little section here about his thoughts on slavery, but we already talked about that. Yeah. Um, okay, the next thing, weird thing that happens to him is he is approached to be the head engineer to move the Mississippi River, which sounds fake. Wait. To move, like, move it, like, adjust it or move it, like, move it from one location to a whole... Adjust its uh, flow. Yeah. In a weird way. So, boats were getting bigger, 
And there's a bunch of spots in the Mississippi, like near Ohio, where there's like rapids. Yeah. And the boats would have to stop and unload and move around the rapids and then get back on. Right. And there was also on a port over there. Uh, you couldn't just dam it up to make it like bigger, like more. I don't know. What, I don't know why you can just dig out the sides or something. Yeah. But there's also uh, where is this? It's the, I'm trying to find where the port is. Oh, it's the St. Louis port, like right in St. Louis. Um, on the Mississippi River, there was an island right outside the port called Bloody Island. It was actually called Bloody Island because it used to be used for duels. People would be like, I challenge you to a duel. And so you'd go to Bloody Island to kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking awesome. It doesn't exist anymore. But so the Mississippi, for whatever reason, was pushing the sand off of Bloody Island and sanding up and gumming up the St. Louis Harbor. Okay. So they asked Robert, can you fix these two problems? He's like, yeah, sure. So he went and, like, it's a massive several-year project that he did. I'm not going to go too much into it, but essentially he did, he moved the rocks so the rapids weren't there by using buoys and all kinds of shit, and he dug shit out, and they blew up rocks, and they... Oh, it's cool. It worked. And then he also uh, fixed the Bloody Island thing by setting up different, like, he dammed up one side... And then had, I don't know what it's called. It's like a sideways dam to yeah. move the water. And uh, he did. Did people, but the, the island was still there at that time after he was finished. Uh, it's gone now. Yeah. But it was, it was like fixed up. So he had to swim out there or like boat out there. Be like, oh, we're going on a duel. And then like you both just walk next to each other. In here in like 10, 15, 20 minutes. Just you wait for sundown. And start. Rowing their way, just looking at each other. Maybe they're sharing the same boat, just looking at each other's eyes while one God, rows. I'm gonna so shoot you in a minute. <laughs> oh, man. How dare you question oh, my gentleman? Wait a second. I forgot my gun. I, we need to go back. Sorry. Son of a bitch. Turn it around, turn it around. Wait, wait, wait. I don't have my gun either. Okay, yeah. Let's both go. Let's do this tomorrow, okay? I'm a little tired, actually. Do you wanna go get a beer? You row next time. Oh, oh, a beer? Okay. Sweet. I still hate you. Yeah, well, yeah. Cheers to you, buddy. You have questioned my honor, sir. <laughs> the duel is back on. Fuck. Let's not even use pistols. I'm going to let's throw rocks at each other. <laughs> Bloody rocks. <laughs> yeah. What is Robert E. Lee doing here? I'm trying to kill a guy. <laughs> um. So Mary goes along with him while they're doing this project. And they have three children now. And... I just found so many strange... I think there was only like 12 people alive at the time. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. why there's so many connections. <laughs> but she stayed with the governor of Missouri in his like governor mansion. Mm -hmm. And the governor of Missouri at the time is William Clark of Lewis and Clark. What? What? Yeah, right. I think there's... Yeah, there's like 14 people on earth that are <laughs> in the country. And they all just are all famous and know each other. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Should we go explore more of America? Cool, we're gonna go win the war. Cool. Hey, I'm Edgar Allan Poe. I'll be over here. It's <laughs> fucking weird. There's only so many of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's a good writer, because there's no other writers. It was just him. He was the only one for a good. So everyone's like, this guy's good. I mean, when I write stuff, it's just like letters to family members, but yeah. this guy's writing like other stuff. He's got like creepy stories. It's cool. It's a good thing one of us is doing it, because <laughs> the other one of us is an engineer and then a bunch of drunk assholes. That's <laughs> <laughs> the whole country. <laughs> well yeah it took him several years but yeah he he changed the course of the mississippi and everyone was like way wow G great good job way to go this guy totally can't lose a war if he can do that 
Exactly. Everyone was like, you can change the course of a river. You can change the course of history. Oh, I'm so inspired. Amazing <laughs> Grace. I think they would sing a different song, right? They're on the South. Um, I don't know when the Amazing Grace <clears throat> song came to be, so I have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I think their national anthem down there is I fuck my sister, yeah. And I let my black slave help me clean up afterwards. Yeah, but if he touches her, I'm hanging him. And that's in the song. That's, that's the how end the of the song is. And we're gonna hang him. <laughs> that's how the South, that's their anthem. Yeah. <laughs> fuck my sister and abuse my slaves. Yeah. Like, ask a slave, like, hey, ain't my sister hot? And he's like, yeah, she's attractive. And you're like, what'd you say? <laughs> and they hang him. Uh, he got hanged. I won't be surprised if there's an actual story like that. Oh, my God, I bet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fucking A. Anyways. So, for the next few years, not much happened. Um, he does this. He goes to forts, and he helps improve them. He's really, like, one of the top engineers in the military. Everybody's really stoked on it. Mary, his wife, starts getting more and more crotchety and sick. She just gets a bunch of weird diseases. Crotchety? She's just grumpy all the fucking time, and she hates everybody. And she, uh, in their letters together, there's a lot of him criticizing her being a mother, like she's a terrible mother. <laughs> and I guess he just talks about how she needs to be a better mother. It's so funny. Like, and then she complains that he's never home. <laughs> it's pretty strange. She's like, Robert, the kids are doing that shit again. Like, they're outside playing. Yeah, it's annoying. And they, they keep coming up and be like, I'm hungry. <laughs> like, I don't care. I've told you I don't care. I don't care. Mother, you're disposed of too much leisure time. <laughs> you little son of a bitch. Slaves, hit him. <laughs> I can't get up. Wipe my ass. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of that kind of stuff uh, where it's, it's assumed that the slaves and servants really raised his kids and him when he was home. He was actually an adorably attentive father. Um, huh. he was just not home that often. Yeah. And he actually read a bunch of like child rearing books and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Gave his wife advice on how to be a better mother. What to expect when you're expecting. Yeah. I think it was written by Edgar Allan Poe <laughs> <laughs> at the time. Yeah. It's the only person capable. It's a really dark book though. <laughs> it was definitely different. What to expect? He's going to turn into a demon. Demons in the womb. <laughs> yeah. I just He's going to rip it. his way out and you're going to hear the heartbeat forever. Yeah. I don't know, Eleanor did a number on his ass. <laughs> I don't, we got to people time him to find out how much of a bitch she must have been. Yeah. I'm assuming. Oh. Uh. Start having weird hallucinations about birds. Yeah. Time. She doesn't love you. You shut up, bird. I'm going to write this down. Yeah. Um, One of his sons, uh, uh, Robert Jr., actually, you know, kids, he used some hay shears like big scissors for hay, and cut the tips of his fingers off. What? What? Yeah. Who did? The son did it to himself? Yeah. Oh, what a dumb he cut kid. Cut his own fingers off. <laughs> Stupid kid. Because they're big enough, you have to like open them and then it, get your finger up there and take then a lot. close with one hand. I wonder what happens. Or like unless he's just grabbing them by the sharpest parts and just closing them on his own hands. He might have been. I don't, I don't know. I mean, okay. I'm hoping he asked the slave like, so these are hay shears so they can only cut hay. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. Sure, buddy. Okay. Snip. And cut his fingers off. And he's from the South. He didn't read much, I'm sure. Not that bright. Yeah. Uh, but I mentioned that because when Robert heard that, he was at a fort in New York, and he ran home to take care of his kid because he knew his wife 
was gonna do anything. He wasn't gonna. It's like, shut up. I'm Is he sleeping. Still crying? God. Oh, my fingers hurt. <laughs> Wipe my ass. <laughs> so Robert runs home, takes care of his kids. Uh, he also did. Uh, maybe this is my notes later, but he he did this funny thing where his kids would ask him for stories, and he's like, "Only if you tickle my feet," because he liked to play silly shit with his kids. He seems like a fun dad. It seems like it's cute, but of course, my brain today in today's day and age would be like, "Don't trust that guy." He just asked underage children to tickle him. <laughs> his own kids would tickle his feet for something, for something they want. I don't know. In exchange, <laughs> just <laughs> seems, <laughs> seems like. I'm sure he was probably just being a fun father, but I don't trust anybody today, so, yeah. It's true. There was as much pedophilia then, they just didn't talk about it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Maybe I'll cut this. This is just too funny. I was watching uh, uh, last, or not last episode, but on the Fox Sisters, we talked about BuzzFeed Unsolved. Oh, yeah. They have a new channel on YouTube. Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but I watched a video there today where they did a seance with a lady who does, like, famous seances. And they asked her what kind of celebrities she can get. And she's like, well, Elvis, he likes to come through. He's very chatty. Hmm. And then she's like, uh, I used to be able to get Michael Jackson. He's very chatty. But in, until that uh, documentary came out, and he's not so chatty anymore. Which <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, uh, huh. it's hilarious that she would even make that joke or Try she's, or she's not joking. Yeah. <laughs> like, she actually believes that. That's funny as fuck. Which is fucking fantastic. Um, I was also going to say he, um, so he was very into, like I've said, hanging out with ladies and I'm trying to find, there's a quote where he talks about how it may not be entirely appropriate the way that he talks to women, but he does it anyway. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I say a lot of dirty shit to him. He says, oh, this isn't a letter to a friend. He says, as for the daughters of Eve in this country. They are formed in the very poetry of nature. It would make your lips water and your fingers tingle. They are beginning to assemble to put their beautiful limbs in the salt water. He's trying to be poetic, but he's kind of a creep. Sounds, yeah, sounds gross. And there's a lot of talk about how he had a lot of platonic female friends. He didn't really have any male friends. And everyone insists he was platonic. Oh. Everyone says we have found no evidence of evidence which is not convincing to me but everything that i saw about robert he is maybe he's very very into uh honor so maybe and he just likes ladies and honor is really just what he calls his penis and he's really into it he's really into working honor into the 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 daughters of eve of this country (laughs) into the salt water so uh, there's also a fun story where he actually finds conversations with men obnoxious. You and I, and especially my brother, have that aggro. We don't pick fights, but we pick arguments with people. Yeah. We scream sometimes. I can't help it. It's like a sport. And I'm not yelling because I'm mad. I'm yelling no, because no, no, no. Uh, you're talking. I need to talk louder so you <laughs> can't talk anymore. If you can't, <laughs> if you can't hear me... <laughs> Then I'm losing. So I have to make it so you can't hear yourself over me. Like my favorite thing, you might want to cut this out. I don't know. My favorite thing is when we get a group of us together and I'm the last one there because what I'll find is lots of shouting going on and I can't quite make out what's going on. I'll already get excited. Like, ooh, I wonder what the topic is. And I'll start walking over and it's just four people who don't sound like any of them is listening to anyone else. Oh, no, no. no. (laughs) Just all having their own conversation at each other. And I'm like, Perfect. And I jump in and I start doing my own conversation. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> it's so great. 
<laughs> well, it's amazing because it's so pointing a fingers about how the other guy's an idiot or doesn't understand the concept. Or you're like, no, no, you don't understand the argument. If I start again, then you'll understand where we're coming from because clearly you don't understand what we're even talking about. It's and so then it's like, accurate. straw man, straw man. That's a straw. It's a fallacy and you know it. That's an invalid argument. I don't accept Oh, come it. on. You know that's not what I meant when I said that. Oh, come on. You knew, you're putting Learn words in my mouth now. Intonation, you idiot. <laughs> how about, have you ever heard of a dictionary? Maybe go check it out. It's not that hard. Oh, maybe it's because you have a problem with fucking words. And then all of our wives are sitting around going like, I hate this. I can't get a word in. I don't even know why. And that's exactly what Robert does. Because he's in the military, he hangs out with dudes. And dudes just do that to each other. Yeah. And so there was one story where there's a guy whose name would, was uh, Edward um, Pussy. <laughs> Yeah. I'm so sorry. Well, that's what's, that's what's great about it, is his name is Edward Pusey, and he had some argument about Protestant reform, and some guys in the military were screaming at each other about whether or not this was a good idea, or who's an idiot, and who's not. <laughs> yeah. And Robert thought it was so funny that they asked him for his opinion, because he wasn't in the argument, um, and he actually said that he said that, well, I think you're actually all kind of acting like pussies. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. And I looked it up, and the way we use pussy, they used it at that time as well. So No way. He was literally acting like our wives do when they go, you're actually just a bunch of silly little p- pussies. Yeah. Like you're screaming at each other about nothing. I did not know they even... I thought it was more modernized kind of... Yeah, apparently it means the same thing, like like a know-nothing or a coward. That's funny. Yeah. And because oh, the guy's pussy. name was Ed- Edward Pousset... Was, they were like, what do you think about Pusayism? He's like, I think you're a bunch of pussies. That's pretty funny. <laughs> just play on his name and then yeah. looks directly at him. Hmm. Takes his, his beer and walks and out. And the other guy's like, I'll meet you on the fucking bloody island or whatever the place I'm calling. Fuck you. Oh, my God. I don't even need to bring my gun. <laughs> well, and it made me laugh because I'm like, that is so much what our wives do when they go back in the house because we're screaming at each other. Yeah. And Robert just took his drink and left like, I'm going to go write a, later, a letter to a... Of, of daughter of Eve, <laughs> yeah, and be just a little creepy. <laughs> <laughs> my, my mouth is gonna water thinking about it. Oh God, that's so weird. Um, so next thing that happens is the Mexican American War. I don't want to go too much into it, but in 1845, Western expansion of the American people pushed into Mexican territory, which is now like Texas, New Mexico, yep, area, and a couple of skirmishes and fights. Congress declares, kind of like we do now, Mexico, you just work for us, so shut up. So a a war happens, and uh, being in the military, he's told, you're going to come with us to fight. So he is first with a regiment um, in 1846 up north of what would be now like North Mexico. Interestingly, where Patton was when he was pretending to be a cowboy, near Chihuahua, Mexico, (laughs) <laughs> and he actually didn't see any action there. He was more like a reconnaissance guy. He was often sent ahead of the line to survey the land, the geography, and kind of find where the enemy is. And he did that kind of thing. Right. Um, and he, let's see, blah, blah, blah. He fights with Zachary Taylor, who ends up being the president here shortly. So that's kind of fun, too. Um, and... I said where Patton plays cowboy. Patton's such an asshole. Yeah, I remember when Patton was doing that too. Yeah, such an idiot. Um, but he did write home about his love of Mexican food. Uh, he said he loved the Mexican food, uh, but quote other than those everlasting peppers that are as hot as coal. 
Oh, yeah. So I like to imagine. Couldn't take it. His gut not accustomed to that, just shitting his brains out. <laughs> um, but up there at North, they're just fighting, and it's not, it's just sort of going back and forth, and not much is happening. So General Winfield Scott, who is in charge of the army, says, fuck it, let's just take over uh, uh, Mexico City, like the main place. And his plan is to land ships outside of Veracruz, which is just uh, east of Mexico City, yeah. and then just fucking march in and take over Mexico City. Is that what happens? That's actually what happens in the Mexico Mexican-American War. Yeah. So Robert is moved over to that front, and he's such a good engineer that he's Robert is put in charge of all kinds of shit. Like he's t- he's supposed to be in charge of uh, maintenance on the ships. Um, he, uh, is like in charge of the reconnaissance guys, like whoever needs to run forward or supposed to report to Robert. So Robert ends up being part of like the high command inner circle with Winfield Scott. Hmm. And they're anticipating when they land in Veracruz to have some serious opposition. There's none. They just walk right in. They just walk in. Yeah. And Robert sees his first bit of danger when an AWOL American soldier, like he, he was deserting. Yeah. Uh, Robert ran into him in the middle of the night while he's doing some reconnaissance stuff. And he's like, hey, you need to come with me or you're going to get arrested or whatever. And the guy shot at him. Whoa. And the bullet went through the material under his underarm. It didn't hit him, though. It just barely. Wow. Missed his heart, actually, because it was his left side and it went past his, in his uh, armpit. (laughs) Holy shit. And Robert was like, uh, freaked out and then realized that he's like, being shot at is not as scary as you think. What? That's what he said. I don't know. Well, yeah, when you don't get hit in the fucking... <laughs> when you're not hit, it's yeah, not Yeah, it's not that bad. I don't know. Everyone's complaining like, oh, I'm bleeding out. I don't, I don't see it. I think it. I don't... Why is everyone being such a pussy? No Why is everyone being such a pussy about this? Yeah. What's the fucking deal? Um, but it was fun to me that the first bullet that was ever shot at him was a miss from an American. That's pretty funny. It's kind of what happens later in his life. Yeah. Only, only doesn't miss oh. the second time. Mm, I'm intrigued. I'm gonna. Well, it's just because he loses the war. I didn't know he actually got shot, though. Oh, he gets shot at. Yeah, he, yeah. I don't it's, know. it's a metaphor. An American shot at him for his first. The first time a bullet came at him was an American. Yeah. It's just a metaphor for later, the wow. Civil War. Okay. <laughs> no, you foreshadowing metaphor. There you go, foreshadowing. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. It's an analogy. It's po. It's poetry. Uh, I need Eddie Brown Poe to translate onomatopoeia. Yeah, it's a homonym. <laughs> yeah, it's like a homonym, but I'm gay. So wait, so was that the end of his? Uh... Oh no, they. Uh, so uh, General Scott tells Veracruz to surrender. They say no, so they load up all their boats with huge guns and just destroy the city. Oh, just... Jesus! Uh, Robert's actually put in command of one of the ships uh, to oversee the cannon fire. And uh, his brother, Sidney, was actually uh, one of the guys firing the cannons. Mm. So his brother, Sidney's in the military, too, but he's not quite as bright. So he's not a... You just pull You just pull the trigger, bro. We don't trust you for much else. You might get shot. That's okay. Just Well, pull. that's... What was fun is that Robert said his first major battle, he was less concerned about winning or losing than he was protecting his brother. He's like, I don't think I could handle watching my brother die. He's not very bright. <clears throat> he might die. He couldn't go to West Point. He's not that sharp. He sees them on the other side with the, with the Mexicans, and he's holding a gun against them. He's like, hold on. Time. Time out. Grab him. You're on the wrong side. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm over here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. You're always saving my butt. Just before he goes on again, he's like, we're going to win. Fuck you guys. <laughs> like, 
Sydney. You're on the wrong side. Sydney. Wrong color. We're over here. In the boats. Damn well, it. That's my brother. <sighs> Shit. Hey, Robert. Hey, Granny. <laughs> What's up? What are you waving at? <laughs> Why are you on the wrong side, dumbass? Sit here. Pull this string. Okay. Thanks, Robert. So, yeah, Robert said he couldn't. He actually was supposed to run back and forth on the boat and make sure the cans were working, but he hovered around Sydney instead. He was like, don't die. <laughs> <laughs> well, meanwhile, other people are dying a bunch because he's not doing what he's supposed to. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. They're not my brother. Yeah. Um, In August of 1847, he is 40. And after they destroy Veracruz, they walk in and they have a couple of months of infantry kapow kapow shoot the mexicans the terrain around mexico city is apparently very swampy and it's either an exchange of swampiness or fields of lava rock that's so weird i didn't yeah i did not know that hmm. yeah and they said that what stopped them from getting to mexico city was less military more terrain okay and they just would go from mexican fort blow it up shoot some mexicans run away come back blah 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 and uh, he is recognized as being an amazing soldier because, like I said, he's often ahead of the line yeah. doing reconnaissance. Uh, he did mention that Gore did not bother him. He was not squeamish. He didn't know that until that point. He's like, maybe I'm a good war guy. Hmm. Um, and I guess it's a good thing to know that you're a war machine or a successful. It's a nice thing to learn about yourself, unfortunately. Yeah, it's something you don't find out until you're in the scenario. Yeah. It's kind of like one of those scenarios where if you've never done like any really big public speaking, mm. some people true. would, uh, some people might wet themselves, they freeze up, <laughs> yeah. and you don't know until you uh, go up there and you find out if you're that guy or not. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I found that out about myself. It was weird. That And what did you, what was the conclusion? I am not nervous in front of crowds whatsoever. That's good. I have no shame. I get nervous, but I've never froze up or wet myself, so that's... No. Never peed. Sometimes I do wet myself, but that's a different that's a different condition. No, I get a little bit of shakes, and I feel like my voice sounds different all of a sudden. Like, I can all of a sudden hear myself very well, so and you're... I'm like, <laughs> every word sounds weird and different. You're trying to remember your notes or read your notes, but in your head, you're like, my voice is weird. Dude, it's hard to, like, keep track. <laughs> and it's, it's the nerves. It's just like... Yeah. And it's not, yeah. you know, everywhere. I can do it depending on... The group. It's, it's once it's a very large amount of people. There's a hundred people listening to me. I mean, that's true. I, I've never presented in front of thousands of people. Yeah. But no. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I think of our first few episodes of uh, People Time, I had to kind of get out of my own head about it. Yeah. I, I don't know. But now it's now it's totally fine. It's cash. Yeah. It's cash. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. I love you, dabblers. Oh, you guys are amazing. We're going to bone boy you all. I'm actually wetting myself right now. Not not because of nerves. No, because you said that sometimes that happens to people, and it happens to me when I'm podcasting. But yeah, it's like, uh, I'm sure that's like when Ted Bundy killed his first victim. He's like, I, I got a knack for this. You know? It's good to know that about yourself. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to kill one person and be like, I'm grossed out. Or like, that was really tough to do. It's It's better to be like, wow, that was really easy to kill her, and then rape her body, like... This is amazing for me Actually, to know. probably a bad thing because hopefully they get grossed out. If they're going to kill once, that's already terrible. But then they're like, I didn't like that so much. How many I'm people, not going to do that anymore. How many people do you think are like, I would love fucking a dead body. And then they do it and they're like, that's gross. I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> like, how often does that happen? 
Maybe more than you think, because maybe that's, <laughs> they don't get caught if they only do the one. That's a, that's a terrible thought. You're like, well, I guess fantasies aren't true sometimes. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably true. If I were to hook up with J-Lo, I bet she's a bitch and I wouldn't have a good day. <laughs> but in my mind, it's different. <laughs> but Robert has now learned, I'm a good war guy. Yeah. Um... Many historians will point to how the Mexican-American War was fought so much differently than the Civil War. They think that Robert's um, takeaways from the Mexican War did not help him later on. Because it's such a different game. They were like, the lessons he might have learned down there would not apply yeah. to the Civil War. So maybe that's that could be equated to some of his fumbles. Yeah. But after about two years, they take over Mexico City. Mexico says... Okay, okay, sorry, stop. Okay, stop. Yeah. And uh, allows us to get the property Take that we their now land. have. And then we rub it in their face more by naming some of the territory they owned New Mexico. Like, <laughs> when it was your guys, it was old Mexico. But it's the improved. I'm going to name it even after your own fucking country. It really is a slap in the... Yeah. What the fuck? I don't know. We're Americans are the we are just so couldn't come up with another name couldn't figure out oh uh, uh what does this remind you of Mexico yeah but, but a little bit like ours newer because we're here yeah like whoa way better so new Mexico I like it stamp it put it on the map fine well um Robert comes home after being away for two years at war and he's all gray and wrinkly now the stress of the war made him a little bit gray and wrinkly he's in his 40s now yeah take care of his brother stressed yeah. out stupid ass sydney had to carry around the whole time where do i shoot now robert not out into the ocean quit shooting randomly out into the ocean there's I don't nothing like out there. the ocean it's stupid i think it's dumber than the mexicans i drank the mexicans water mexicans are dumb huh robert <laughs> diarrhea don't you give me diarrhea anymore i shoot you robert i shoot it it's like holy fuck dude <laughs> but he still cares about it. I was like, please just don't die. <laughs> just sit here. Don't move. Okay. And then they won the war, and Robert came back and picked him up, brought him back home. Yeah. Sydney ended up being governor of Virginia. <laughs> Did you really? I don't know. It would be hilarious so. if that was the case. I don't know where the it fuck. It would make a lot of sense. I actually think Sydney died, because I don't hear much about him after this point. Huh. But I did want to say, after Robert got home and he is uh, unrecognizable to his family at first, like he knocks on the door and the people just think he's some random guy. Really? It's only his dog, Speck, who recognized him. That's freaking funny because- Speck was I... like, hey, that's my buddy. And his the own family's like, who's the fucking old weird guy? His own wife's been sleeping around so much, he's completely forgot about him. <laughs> when he comes back, he's like, hey, how's it going? She's like, uh, good, I guess. Can How I are you? help you? Yeah. And then he just is like, yeah, I'm your husband. She's like, I don't have a husband. She's like, I role play that with people sometimes, but I don't know. Oh, I, oh, I have a husband. Hi, honey. Hey, I've just been leisuring a lot. Didn't realize it was you until the dog came and pointed Sorry you out. about that. Uh, I've been fucking all the slaves mm. in your absence. Mm. But um, yeah, once the family uh, gets him... They uh, end up uh, busting out seven kids. Damn. Kapow, kapow, kapow. Uh, and he spends the next few years doing the same thing. Building forts, being a decent dad, 
uh, and his sons, as they get older, they get into military shit. His oldest son, uh, Custis, goes to West Point as well. Mm-hmm. And in 1852, uh, Granny is assigned to the superintendent of West Point as well. Oh. And he didn't want to do it. Oh. Um, the army said, we like what you do. We like everything you've done at this point. Shut up. You're in charge of West Point now. And he complains a lot. So he, he takes it, but unwillingly. That's sort of his thing. I don't want to do it. My wife doesn't do a lot, and that looks fun. And you guys keep trying to make me do stuff. I just want to sit down on a bed of pillows and have slaves bring me stuff. Quit make me do things. And they just do. And he complains because he's like, I just want to do f- engineer stuff. And they're like, nah, you're good with people. You're the principal now. And so he's like, oh. okay, his old West Point uh, guy, Jefferson Davis, is now Secretary of War. Ooh. And Davis likes Lee a lot. So he's like, you go run the military school. And uh, in in Robert's personal letters, he complains so much about being in charge up there that I don't even know why they let him be in charge. What does he say? He just fucking hates it. He feels like it's a babysitting job, <laughs> and it's below him, and he's bored. Yeah. And uh, so what he does to, I guess, get back at everybody is he, he the the requirements to graduate and not get demerits at West Point is like in, fucking impossible under him. He makes everything harder. <laughs> yeah and he fucking he's just a dick about everything which is funny because i can only imagine that everybody else is like see he's gonna make a great military out of these men he's gonna make them just the best Shape of the best and the whole time he's just like fuck you i don't even care if you graduate or not like hey you're not gonna graduate i'm telling you right now you ain't gonna make it i can see it in your face you're ugly oh you got all a's i don't mm-hmm. care how many demerits failed out call me papa lee i'm your daddy now and you all fail <laughs> But that was what I saw is that people called him, they said that he treated it as being a dad. Yeah. I guess that's the role he's accustomed to. He read the books. Yeah. But that's not what you want when you're running a military school. What do you do when your privates are acting out? Yeah, do you, do you or don't you spank your do privates? You spank, <laughs> do you spank your privates? Should you? In public? Robert? Maybe Maybe just behind closed doors is okay. Yeah. Behind the doors of West Point, you can spank your privates. You can rough them up pretty good if you'd like. If you'd like. Oh, just really give it to them. Just make them red and inflamed. Just sore. Mm-hmm. Just really sore. Until they shape up. <laughs> <laughs> um, He uh, is... And he does that for like, I think he works there for like four years and just complains a bunch. Yeah. Um, the uh, Congress decides to send some armies out west to protect the American settlers from those damn dirty engines. Yep. Um, Robert is assigned second in command of a cavalry regiment uh, to go out and kill some uh, Indians. Yep. It is the Comanche, I believe, is who he fights over there. Hmm. Is that who Columbus ran into? No, it was the Arawaks, right? Arawaks, yeah. So it's the Comanche. I was making sure I didn't get those mixed up in my head. Yeah. Um, so Arawak. he's stationed in Camp Cooper on the plains of Texas near the Brazos River from the uh, Ain't No More Cane on the Brazos song. Yeah. This is a tremendous country song. Do you want to? <sighs> when I cut my balls open, I did not like country <laughs> still. All right. There's no more cane on the brasses. 
It's all been ground to molasses. Because the slaves. <laughs> oh my god. Well, uh, yeah, they fight some Comanche. Uh, he fucking hates, as I said, the natives. He ranks them below even African people and Mexicans on the social Darwinian scale. Uh, he believes that they are ugly and uncivilized. And he actually has a quote that says, Their paint and ornaments make them more hideous than nature made them, and the whole race is extremely uninteresting. Fuck. So, yeah. Thanks for your take there, Granny. Yeah. Um, so, this is around the time where the rumblings of the Civil War start happening. Um, he is stationed in Texas when talk of seceding comes up in Texas, as it does. That's because we have President Lincoln now, and he's not president yet, but he he's is running. Running, yeah, and he's getting a lot of he's getting a lot of attention. He's talking a lot about uh, emancipation, and people are like, "I don't like that shit." Yeah. So, um, when Texas starts talking about seceding, Robert actually um, doesn't support it. He actually believes in the Union. He actually thinks he's like, "Nah, we we're better together." So he doesn't actually support Texas seceding. Uh, they do later, but he's not stationed there anymore. Um, Robert is described as not particularly political. He doesn't have too many political stances. But Does that he just one not he, give a damn, or hey, I don't think he just doesn't care. Yeah, no. Um, I could give you a quote about his thoughts on slavery if you want. Yeah. Um, just because we're about to get into the Civil War, and I wanted to make sure to acknowledge that he did have a bunch of slaves. Yeah. That were inherited from different places and things like that. Oh, yeah. He says, in this enlightened age, uh, there are few, I believe, but what will acknowledge that slavery as an institution is a moral and political evil in our country. Uh, it is useless to expiate on its disadvantages, I think it, however, a greater evil to the white than to the black race. And while my feelings are strongly enlisted on behalf of the latter, my sympathies are stronger on the former. Weird. So the blacks are immeasurably better off here than in Africa, morally, socially, and physically. Yikes. The painful discipline they are undergoing is necessary for their instruction as a race, and I hope will prepare and lead them to better things. Um... How long their subjugation may be necessary is known and ordered only by a wise and merciful providence. So it sounds like, I mean, it still sounds very old-timey uh, with a lot of uh, kind of terribleness, but it sounds almost like he's like, one day they're going to be just like us. Exactly. But right now, we have to teach them that by making them do our stuff. Slap them. Yeah, it's not great, but it sounds at least better than maybe some people, especially in the South, I would have thought. Especially even probably... Slavery, or sorry, racism now. Yeah. I think racism now is just straight up, they're different. But yeah. I don't know. That That's why I was sort it of. It seemed uh, like he lo saw them as the same, except for the fact that they just had a different culture and they just needed to adjust to our culture in one. So then we would all be able to get along in the same status. But that's weird. I wouldn't have guessed that. Exactly. It's, it's not even so far as like separate but equal, which is what a lot of racist people are about now, where they're like, black people are fine over there yeah right R robert was more like no we are instructing them into civility yeah. which was e you know e equally erroneous yeah but from a nicer place i guess kind of yeah i mean definitely not excuse kinda. me it's still racism but at the same time it, it's not what i expected from him yeah that that's why i was kind of mixed on it because i was like for his education level in that time and place 
he could have been a lot worse. Yeah. So I'll give him that bit of credit. Okay. I'd like to acknowledge that. But with that quote, I would also like to say he owns a bunch of slaves. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it only goes so far. <laughs> he, I believe around this time in the 1850s, he's got about 150 of them. And the, 150 slaves? Oh, yeah. Holy fuck. Oh, yeah, man. He said he got a bunch of them. I was like, he got five or six. Yeah, he, he has a lot. Um, and they are inherited from Mary's family. The thing is that her dad had put in his will that the slaves would need to be uh, freed or manumitted uh, after five years from his death. And Robert, because he's the man of the house... He's given that contract and told, here's your 150 slaves. You can only have them for, for five years. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't release them after five years. Yeah. So they're, he continues to enslave them, even though they uh, were like, hey, we're supposed to be. And he, he's like, shut up. And they get whipped. Yeah. Kind of shit. Wait, we must be caught up on Harriet Tubman soon. Yeah, Harriet's around. She is... Um, I, say, I don't remember when she leaves Virginia, but she's in Virginia around here. Yeah, I was going to say, because eventually, I wonder if any of his were the ones that got freed by her or freed by her oh, kind of that movement. That would be so amazing. Badass. Well, there was one very unfortunate uh, episode in which he had some slaves that did run away. They were captured and brought back and promptly beaten. Yeah. And... uh there's uh, contradicting stuff about whether or not he did the beating or not. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It was on his order. Yeah. Um, but I'm just going to look at when Harriet first left. So Harriet actually escaped in 1849. So we're in about 1857. So she is in the middle of her run to Virginia, get people, come out, go in, come That's out. That's cool, yeah. And that is one of the reasons for the Civil War amping up is that people are getting nervous about some... Some ghosty person is sneaking into our properties and getting people out of here. Yeah. Which is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, let's see. He inherits a farm from... So I, the reason I was saying that he got these slaves is because Mary's father just died. Oh. He inherited them. And he inherited this farm that doesn't work. Um, And so he uses all these slaves to try and... Uh, get this farm up and going. And he's not a very good farmer. <laughs> so it just doesn't... It just doesn't go. doesn't work very well. And this is just a few years uh, before the Civil War actually happens. Um, one fun fact for around this time is that his son, Rooney, who's also in the military, uh, in 1858, was sent to uh, some mountainous region called Utah to quell the Mormon rebellion because the government, the federal government told him to stop marrying their... 12 year old nieces <laughs> yeah and uh they're like so, no we want to marry them though no, we got, i got five of them already look how pretty they are it's the only way to get into heaven is gross and uh <laughs> rooney was sent to go fight the mormon war over there which i just thought was fun yeah and then in october of 1859 uh john brown does his attack on harper's ferry right right uh a personal friend of harriet tubman's unfortunately we got captured and hung for it well so and then you have Booth, who will show up and watch his hanging, along with a like bunch a, of other people. Like it's a fucking show. Yeah, he was he was excited about it and stood nearby. You're right. There's only 12 people, and we've dug them all in this era, and they're all talking to each other right now. I think the last person we could do from this era is John Brown. Yeah. I think we've already talked about everybody else. <laughs> and Ulysses S. Grant. 
Yeah, you guys. Yeah, we brought him up in other ones, but yeah. Yeah. Fucking weird. So here's what's really strange. Um, this is true. Robert is on his field trying to get this farm to work, and he sucks. It's not working. And John Brown attacks Harper's Ferry and takes a bunch of uh, hostages. So what happens when he attacks Harper's Ferry? Because Harper's Ferry is full of weapons. Yeah, he's and trying to... They're hoping to steal the weapons to create a, a rebellion. slave uprising. Yeah. Yeah. But some local militias start shooting at them, and they get trapped in Harper's Ferry. Yeah. So they take hostages to be like, let us out or we'll kill them. So a military representative runs to Washington, D.C., be like, this is happening. And they're like, I don't know who's in charge. So Robert was literally the highest commanding guy just nearby. Weird. I didn't know he was even really a part of this. He's the guy. They they, they send a, a secretary for the War Department to Robert's farm because he's only like 10 or 12 miles from Harper's Ferry. Weird. And he's working on the field and the guy's like, hey, we got a problem at Harper's Ferry. Some guy took it over. I don't know what's going on. You're the highest ranking guy. Go fix it. Here. So he's like, okay. So Robert runs into town. He sort of takes command of the assorted militias. And he actually is the one who negotiates with John Brown getting the hostages out. I did not know this. Uh, ends up going back on his word because he told John Brown, like, yeah, bring the hostages out. We'll talk. Hostages come out. Blam, blam, blam. They kill most of them. Yeah. Capture them. Um, Robert is publicly lauded as a hero. John Brown is hung. Yep. And so I didn't know that. It was Robert who's the guy who took him down. Yeah, I didn't know that part either. Very strange. Um, he goes back to his farm and complains and complains and complains and complains about how unreliable and lazy his slaves are. <laughs> what? Thank you. So his farm is not fucking working because he's an idiot. And he keeps blaming his slaves, saying that they don't take responsibility for it. And they keep like running away. And they just don't work that hard. And they're just so lazy. And that's that's where his head is at. Sounds like he's, what's it called when you put your feelings onto somebody else? Like your own flaws. Projecting. Yeah, projecting. Mm -hmm. He's not a very good farmer and he's not doing what he should be, I guess. And he blames... You guys are lazy. The victims, yeah. Well, they're like, we work here against our will. Maybe eat shit. Yeah. Your fucking wheat. And he's like... He's <laughs> like, I, I would eat wheat, but it's not growing. And I don't know how to. They're like, we do, but we don't like you. We're waiting for General Tubman to get the fuck out. And then he, of course, is like, I am civilizing you. You're welcome. Yeah. Get to work. And then he doesn't understand why they don't understand. That's why racist logic Yeah, doesn't always super work. I don't um, think it ever does. No. Well, unless it's against the Japs, apparently. <laughs> You're my childhood <laughs> friend that I'm not friends with anymore. This is so goddamn funny to me. Um, so in 1860, Lincoln wins the presidency and everybody freaks out, at least in the South, uh, Texas secedes, South Carolina secedes, um, everybody sort of secedes and they're like, what the fuck? And so this is where, um, the, uh, the civil war happens now. Ah, brother versus brother. Yeah. It's not about slavery. It's about other stuff that we're going to say instead because we're ashamed of it. But the white, uh, the the South still won. It, it will rise again. It will, at least later. Um, Please? So it is definitely not about slavery. Totally about some other goddamn thing. No, it's totally about slavery. No. No. 
And if you want to, you can go back over again. We kind of went over this and ask Sidney Lee, John Wilkes Booth. It's not about it. Though. It's not. I don't like the ocean. It gives me diarrhea. Let's go. To, let's have a civil war against the ocean. <laughs> yeah, we kind of go into it with the uh, John Wilkes Booth episode about the Civil War, and you kind of hear me go off a little bit about. Yeah, I get a little. It's about fucking slavery. <laughs> and it's, and that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it's about. Anyone who says otherwise, I will fight you. And look. People who say it's about federal right or sorry, states' rights. You're correct. And it's about the states' right to, to own, own slaves. slaves. Okay. It's not about the states' rights to have parties on Wednesday or fuck your sister or yeah. our agriculture, whatever they want to lie. Or allow Kid Rock to still be culturally relevant. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. It's very simple because they actually wrote a letter to the North saying this is what we want. And we, along with states' rights, the top thing on the list was own slaves. And then it went down yes. to other things that they also wanted. But that was the main thing. And a lot of people like to say they deserve some sympathy because their economy was based on it. Now, here's the thing. Uh, the Southern economy didn't work that well. And using people as tools as opposed to a paid workforce is a... Uh, not as good of an economy. Less yeah. money moves around. Paying to house and feed a slave is harder on you economically than it is to hire individuals. Yeah. So you're also wrong about that. Yeah. You dipshits. Just fuck you. So what's fun is Robert has expressed at this point that he's more into the union, but he also agrees with slavery, but he's also a little bit mixed about it. He's just sort of not. It's kind of floaty. He is. He's just like a floaty piece of shit. <laughs> He's a floater. <laughs> and you ever have days or weeks where your mind is unmade up about something and you slowly come to a point where you've progressed your thoughts. You're like, this is what I believe. Sure. Wolverine would win in a fight against Deadpool. He wouldn't. But yeah. It, I, it takes, it's a long... Wait, you don't think I don't he think, would? I don't think either of them would win. It depends. Well, Deadpool... Deadpool Depends. Are we talking about an actual comic or are you talking about what, what my thoughts are outside of comics? Deadpool. I don't understand the premise. Deadpool tied up Wolverine and he couldn't kill him and he knew he couldn't kill him. So he, Oh, yeah, that's right. You told me that that in the comics he does try to kill Wolverine. Yeah, but he ends up just tying him up and shocking him any time that Wolverine heals. And he just gets shocked continuously. And then he leaves him there and kills everybody else. But that's Because he goes insane because he knows he's... He's past the fourth wall. He's because, yeah, he knows he's in a comic <laughs> book. I love that. I love that character. Yeah, Deadpool kills Marvel. Well, Robert had a similar moral conundrum of whether or not Deadpool could kill Wolverine. About slavery and about seceding and about all this shit. So in the course of a few weeks, here's some quotes he has. As an American citizen, I prize the Union very highly, and I know of no personal sacrifice that I would not make to preserve and save. Hmm. So, yeah. A couple days later. If the Union is dissolved, I shall return to Virginia and share in the fortune of my people. Okay. So he's like, okay, maybe maybe I'm more for Virginia than the, than the Union. A couple days later. As far as I can judge from the papers, we are between a state of anarchy and civil war. Uh, it's been evident for years that the country was doomed to run the full length of democracy uh, to what a fearful, wait, to what a fearful pass it has brought to us. I fear mankind for years will not be sufficiently Christianized to bear the absence and restraint of force. So he's like, oh, we're going to fight now. Yeah. A couple days later, the South, in my opinion, has been aggrieved by the acts of the North. I feel the aggression, and I'm willing to take every proper step for redress. 
Secession is nothing but revolution. <laughs> My God. So it just quickly goes from one side to the other. I guess in a few days, you decide Deadpool can kill Wolverine. Yeah. Or can't. Whatever you're... Yeah. Wherever you stood before. Yeah. Um, can Deadpool kill the Hulk? Uh, Yeah. I'm going to need a few days of racist thinking. <laughs> because they're both... Well, the Hulk is green-skinned. I don't know what those people are like. It just reminds me of like a quick snippet of from the movie Heavyweights <laughs> when he gets really mad at them because they're gaining weight rather than losing it after the weigh-in. And he's all like... It's one of my favorite movies. He's like, come on, what the... He's like, how you doing, little Tony? Bad. It's, well, it's, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's their fault. That's right. It's their fault. It's your fault! <laughs> but he has to go through the process it's of being exactly. like, it's not my... Is it my fault? It's not mine. Uh, Whose is it? It's their fault. It's it's yours! Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Robert's like, I'm for the Union. Well, if the Union falls, I'm more for Virginia. Well, Virginia's more South. I do love the South. I'm going to kill the Union. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, seriously, dude? That was a quick... Huh, okay. Like, you're a grown man. You hadn't made up your mind about these basic uh, yeah. where you stand on shit? I mean... That's like Ted Bundy kills his first victim. I don't think he sat there and he's like, yeah, she was a nice girl. I don't want to be a murderer. Hmm, this is so hard. Maybe I will be a murderer. I did enjoy it. No, he always knew. Yeah. He's more of a man than you, Robert. Well, it just sounds like obviously someone who's making rash decisions for whatever reason in a short amount of time. It seems like he like, had pressure on him for some reason to make a choice. Yeah, I think because everything was sort of collapsing towards the war and he knew he hadn't made up his mind yet, he was like, oh, I should probably think this through. <laughs> In a couple of days, I'll figure this out. Just give me a few days, and I'll decide whether or not slavery sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and he took the wrong side on that argument. Yeah. But for uh, his justification, it was not about slavery. His personal justification, at least what he wrote down, was about sanctifying Virginia. For him, he was like, I'm not Union, and I'm not Confederate. I'm a Virginian. And Virginia is at war with the Union. That's how he justified it. So fuck you, Union, who I was okay with a couple days ago and yeah, I was ready liked to, a lot. Ready to die for before. Yeah. So he is asked to uh, head the Union Army ag against the Confederates. Um, and, uh, of course, he turns that down. But he has some very serious moral problems with that. He's like, quit making me do things. It's so funny because a representative for Lincoln came up to him. He's like, Lincoln wants to give you command of the, the Union Army Oh, in, fuck. In, in this war. Really? Lincoln? Yeah, because Robert is... Uh, so Winfield Scott and Jefferson Davis were the military guys. Yeah. And then when Lincoln came in, he's like, you're both pro-South. You're fired. So they created the Confederate government. Right. Robert was wishy-washy. So Lincoln was like, do you want to? Hmm? Maybe. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Hey. And Robert was like, I could never fight Virginia. If you would have asked me three days ago, it would have been different. But today, no. And that's your fucking problem. <laughs> and then a few days later, uh, yeah, Jefferson Davis came to him and was like, do you want to head my army? He was like, I could never. Well, I, hmm, uh, well. And he actually faffs around for a few days. According to his family, he, uh talked to himself out loud and pulled his hair walking back and forth what yeah just, do i help myself oh or do i help the south what oh. do i do oh my god <laughs> oh, my family what slavery oh god what do i do 
My god has abandoned me. So, uh, spoiler, yeah, he, he accepts it. He joins, yeah. He's like, okay, I mean, I'm here to protect Virginia. And he actually told Jefferson Davis, he's like, I will not uh, command your entire army. I will only command armies in Virginia. What? Yeah, I think that's his way of justifying what he probably deep down knows is the wrong choice. Hmm. Where he's like, I'm not Confederate. I'm a Virginian. I am protecting Virginia. my area. Yes. So they actually create an army and call it the North Virginia Army, and uh, and Roberts in charge of that. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. Quit one army, join another one. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, he's made major general. Fifty-four. Major general. Major general. People can't see us saluting, but we are doing that. <laughs> oh, right. So this is apparently a moral conundrum for Robert, but he does. Uh, become the commander of the Northern Virginia Army. And if you think about it, his dad fought in the Revolutionary War sure. to create a union. His wife's grandfather uh, was the president yeah. of said union. But damn it, they want to take away my black people. 150 of them. And I like them. Yeah. I like owning them, that is. He mostly did a lot of... Uh, renting out his slaves to yeah. other people for money. That's how he made the bulk of his money. But it's not about that. It's about, it's about Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to go crazy into the Civil War because it's one of those topics that has been written about almost more than anything else in the English language. Uh, but I'll give you a bit here just to people time it. Yeah. That's what he's involved with, I'm sure, right? Yeah. Cool. He's in the Civil War. He's important. So it's about five years uh, fighting over pretty much the same line in Northern Virginia. That's yeah. what the Civil War ends up being. Um, let's talk about specifically what, what Robert does. So the Union Army is like an actual army. They're well-equipped, well-trained, bunch of guys. The South doesn't so much have an army, and Robert's first task is to create one. They actually round up a lot of militia-type dudes, the type of dudes that we have now who are walking around Target with a gun. Yeah. Being like, these are my rights. Yeah. Uh, a lot of guys with bear arms for some reason. Bear arms? Yeah, they because they have the right to them. Just walk around with bear arms. Scratch people. Yeah. With them like, ah, this is my right. These are the kind of people that, that Robert uh, rounds up. So the Confederate Army never matches the Union Army in either strength of numbers or resources or equipment ever. So they're already just up against it. Yeah. They're already fighting a losing battle on a moral low ground. Yeah. So, I like that. That's nice. Way to go, guys. They eventually... um pull all these dudes together and including his two sons uh they start with about an army of forty thousand folks ready to kill the union hmm. um robert is now uh very famous very celebrity type in the south they're like yeah save us give us speeches and interviews and he refuses um he hates the attention doesn't even particularly want to be there and he actually threatens to resign several times before <laughs> anything even happens really yeah Quit trying to make me do things. I don't like it. Poor, poor Robert. Yeah. I mean, there's different 
things about his personality you could take away. And I think if you think about, you know, he likes to flirt with young girls through letters and he, he just likes to hang out with the kids. He might just be that kind of guy. But then he's also the guy who's like, secession is revolution. And I have no fucking idea where his head is out. Because some days he's rounding up an army and other days he's threatening to resign. Yeah. He's a conflicted character. Hmm. Kind of a bummer. So, the Southern Army, or sorry, the Southern Confederate government sets up shop in Richmond, Virginia. Um, and that is where the Confederate Army sets up and uh, starts to decide what, what, are we, what happens here. Yeah. So, Robert is not involved in the first battle of the war, which is actually called the uh, Manassas Bull Run, which is where uh, the Union forces ran into Virginia and Manassas, and they were actually forced to retreat. So, the Confederates feel like the first battle is ours. Yeah! We're still going to win. Robert is made to a full general, um, and he was sent by Jefferson Davis to gain as much ground in virginia as possible he's like the more ground we have the more the confederacy works sweet uh the very beginning of the war is actually where he gets his name that we've been calling him granny okay because what happens in the first bit of the war is that the union just starts pushing into virginia in different cities like pow pow we take this city they run around they take this city ah we cross this river and robert uh wouldn't face them um, he would set up defensive positions near where the Union would start, and he would sort of move around them and talk about, oh, maybe we'll flank them, and then we never really do. And he has a bunch of commanders arguing with him about, well, what's the, we need to just fight them. And he's like, I don't really think that we should. Maybe if we just faff around. So that's where the, the press started calling him General Granny Lee. Because he's not really moving forward? He's not really doing much of anything for the first year of the war. Wow. He just sort of moves his his very meager forces around the Union forces because I think he knows that it's a losing battle, uh, ultimately. Yeah. And he also knows that the more you engage, the longer the war is going to take. Because a lot of people thought that the war would take a couple of months. And Robert was one of the few people who was like, no, this is going to be years, guys. Yeah. It's going to take a long time. So they uh, set up a very strong defensive position around Richmond and kind of just hang out. And it isn't until the Union uh, does smart things and starts moving into Virginia. They also go out west and down and start fighting in Tennessee. And they also start, uh, the Union has an actual Navy. The Confederates never had a Navy. The Union actually attacks all the southern seaports and uh, essentially saying, uh, you can't get foreign help. No resources. We take your ports. So it's then that they start to decide that maybe they need to do something. Um, but uh, See, I always thought the Civil War was kind of a, a lot more close of a battle. Maybe, I, I mean, I always kind of thought the North had the advantage, but I thought like there was some sort of fight there. But it sounds like from what you're saying here, it's pretty one-sided. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the Confederates win a couple of battles and... They make some pretty brash decisions, but they never really had an honest chance. Yeah. Not as far as I could see. Yeah. Not really. They thought they did. Hmm. They had that Southern, like, fuck you spirit, and they did scare the Union in a lot of ways, but they never they never matched the Union even fucking close in numbers or equipment, ever. Yeah. It's actually hilarious they thought they could win, but I guess they didn't know that. Totally, yeah. I guess. Um, so in February of 1862, uh, the Confederate Congress allows Kentucky into the Union, 
or sorry, Confederate Congress admitted Kentucky into their union, the Confederate. Gotcha. Uh, so they, they felt pretty good about that. And then in February, uh, the Union took over the Roanoke Islands in North Carolina. Uh, the Confederate forces there were forced to surrender. Uh, there's two forts in Tennessee that were taken by Ulysses S. Grant's army. And a bunch of Confederate prisoners um, actually outnumber however many people surrendered in Roanoke. So the beginning of the war is already grim for the Confederates. And Robert up in Virginia is like, oh, maybe we'll just move positions? And they <laughs> just kept calling him Granny. Yeah. Um, his old fort that he built, Fort Pulaski, was uh, destroyed by the Union as they walked in and just cannoned it to death yeah. down in Georgia. So when you think about the Civil War, it's not... Because a lot of people think about Gettysburg. Yeah. They think about that shit up in Virginia. But it happened all over the South. Like, if you circle the South, the Union were just on the outside pushing in on every... Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. every way. And the South lost ground pretty much the entire time. Yeah. Well, and we also have somebody else in the war that we would know a little bit. Uh, the American Bard's brothers in this. Who's the American Bard? The poet. Jesus, yes, uh, Walty Whitman's brother. Yeah, Walt Whitman's brother is... And he fought up in Virginia with yeah. the Union. Yeah, Walty seems like such a nice man. Yeah, he was busy in the hospitals trying to cheer up the uh, mm -hmm. the dying, it sounded like. The dying, the very... dying boys. Yeah. Yeah, it's the Civil War. There's nothing sexy that we can take away from it. Because, yeah. you know, when we talk about World War II, it's fun because it's fun to kill Nazis. Yeah. And in America, it's just not fun to kill each other. <laughs> yeah. It will be once we start the new Civil War. Yeah. Which is coming any day now. I'll, <laughs> I'll kill all of you. Unless you're a dabbler. Yeah. We've established that. We're growing our own army. Yeah, the People Time Army. Yeah. We only fight popples. <laughs> yeah. Not each other. Yeah. Um. So the first... So I don't know where Lincoln's head is at, but the the Union Army in Virginia changed commanders about four times and i think it's because lincoln was never satisfied with because he wanted to just take over virginia he wanted to take over the confederate capital and just be like look you guys suck yeah knock it off knock it off was really that's really what lincoln wanted to do but he couldn't get a commander to really put it through so there were several commanders so the first union commander that robert was up against was a guy named george mcclellan and robert has a forty thousand strong army mcclellan has a hundred thousand army mcclellan or a hundred thousand man army wow and his job from lincoln is push into virginia as far as you can and just stomp them yeah. just stomp them um and robert realizes they're outnumbered and he is actually the one who proposes to the confederate congress a mandatory conscript conscription so the draft yeah and that passes in 1862, any white male between 18 and 45, you're now an army guy. You're now in the military. So they started scrounging up guys because they just didn't have the numbers. Um, and then Robert's third son joins the army. He's only uh, 18 years old. So now Robert's three kids, three sons are in the army. So he has like a personal, I hope we win. Oh, yeah. fuck me. Did they all make it? They actually do all live the war. Oh, shit. Yeah, so one of them goes on to become a senator and something else. Huh. Yeah. They shouldn't have. A few of them get captured and some other crazy shit happens to them. Um, well, McClellan's army started in on Northern Virginia. And they push into Northern Virginia just miles away from Richmond several times where Robert's army 
uh, barely pushes them back. So really the first few years is just fighting over Northern Virginia, back and forth, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they push past where uh, Robert's house is in Arlington, Virginia, where Mary is. Oh, shit. And Mary is caught behind enemy lines. In fact, somebody... <laughs> She's just like, just, just don't bother me. <laughs> it's fine. Just... I'm too leisurely to leave yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. I'm laying in my my porch couch, I ain't drinking got some iced tea. Please, for this. please don't bother me. Oh my, oh my nerves. But yeah, Mary's caught behind enemy lines like really early in the war, and so Robert's like personal investment in the war is now my sons, my wife. I hope I don't fuck this up. Yeah. And the Confederates are not doing well. They're losing ground everywhere. The only saving grace to the morale and the actual ground forces is a gentleman named Stonewall Jackson. Stonewall Jackson, yep. Everybody loves Stonewall Jackson. In western Virginia, in the Shenandoah Valley. Oh, Shenandoah. That's inspiring. Thanks. That's uh, Stonewall Jackson's war cry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and they called him Stonewall because uh, he was like a stone wall. He never lost ground, they say. Hmm. And he was the only thing pushing into the Union forces that were actually gaining ground. I don't know that much about Stonewall. I think he might actually be some kind of war genius. Um, Robert is in love with Stonewall Jackson because he's the only guy who's not fucking up. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> man, it's just so stupid how many... How many battles and numbers of casualties that I could that I could go through, but it just seems pointless. Yeah. It's just, just, just too much. Um, really, they keep fighting over the same line, and Granny Lee is more of a defensive-minded guy, knowing he's outnumbered and out-equipped, uh, so he kind of creates defensive lines everywhere in Virginia to hide behind. Tries to entrench. He just entrenched. In fact, his uh, trench warfare is actually what was replicated during World War One. Oh. How deep to make them, how long to make them, and for a long time he just sat in these things. Like I'm, I totally uh, got this. When he finally grew a pair of balls, uh, McClellan's army is uh, in Northern Virginia, pushing down, and. Robert, along with Stonewall, so Stonewall is on the uh, west side, Robert moves his army on the right side, and they want to flank McClellan's army and push him out in a pincher move. Yeah. Um, the Union didn't know how fucking desperate the Confederates were. They didn't really know how, men, how big their army was and how ill-equipped they were, so they actually started to push out, and this is actually called the Seven Days of the Civil War. Hmm. So seven days, meaning this is from June 25th to July 1st of 1862, is seven days of nonstop fighting where the Confederates push on McClellan's push on McClellan's Union Army to get him out of Northern Virginia in a pincher move. So if the Union would have just pushed, they probably would have been able to wipe them, you think? Yeah. Uh, everybody thinks that if they knew how small the Confederate armies were, they could have just 
ran through yeah. them. Uh, but they didn't, so they actually ran off. And you can actually look up every day of these seven days to see where all the different armies were and all the positions and Damn. see the, the whatnot. But they eventually get uh, the Union Army to retreat 23 miles away from Richmond, which is what they wanted. But the casualties were insane, where the Confederates lost like 13,000 children and the Union lost about 12,000 children yeah. in these seven days. Um, one of the things that is attributed to the Confederates, uh, any of the Confederate successes, is their fuck-you attitude. Yeah. The Confederates have a very strong sense of, we have a divine right to be doing this, and we're scary, and we're going to win. One of the things that they attribute that to is, have you heard of the Confederate Rebel Yell? Hmm. What's it sound like? I'm going to play it for you. It. So it's in books. It's talked about how fearful it is and how intimidating. Okay. Confederate armies running at you, doing their Rebel Yell, the Union soldiers would be like, oh, no. Is it silly? This is a recording of actual Civil War veterans in the 30s. So some of the few dudes who are still alive uh, doing us a sample of the uh, oh rebel yell here. So these are gentlemen doing it themselves. It's a whole crowd of people. To make that noise, they... is that all it is? That's what they're doing. And then... Charge them, boys! Charge them, boys! And they all go, yeah, yeah. Sounds like a fucking cat in heat to me. Yeah, but I was gonna make a joke about what, what does it sound like? It sounds like them going like the south, with the south, get on with the south, get on, we're the south. <laughs> Fuck the black people and the Japs. Yeah. Well, you, you you can read a lot about the rebel yell because people really do attribute it to the South winning. When it really, it just sounds like a bunch of cats in heat. They it's not like they're like about a yell. I feel like they come up with way scarier shit. It's not that scary. Uh, that video is fucking hilarious. Yeah, because it's it's like eighty year old dudes, uh, very proudly sounding like a cat in heat, and then yeah. everybody cheers for them. And there's a few of them they they do it differently. Like, they can't remember how to do it, and the, the crowd is sort of politely like... Oh, that's it? Oh, okay. Nice. I don't know. Uh, have you heard of that? What is that called? They had this, like, artifact they found. I think it's Aztec. And it looks like the shape of a skull, like a tiny skull. Mm -hmm. It fits in your hand. And they found out, like, they had it for a really long time when they first discovered it. It wasn't until years later they found out that if you blow into it, there's holes that you can blow into. I think I heard, yeah. And it's a death scream, and it sounds crazy. Like the death and, scream? And it's super loud, yeah. And that would be scary if you had a whole bunch of people with those doing it. Yeah, something actually scary. Yeah, it sounds like, I don't know, the best way I can think of it is like, it sounds like how a ghost screams on videos, like on movies. 
just like, I love that. I want to look that up. Yeah. Check it out. It's really cool because they, they had to recreate it, of course. They had to like do a 3D yeah. print of it because they didn't want to actually fuck with the actual artifact. But yeah, they it took them a long time to realize because you have to blow in the right way too. It's just like a lot of air is really I guess, what it takes. Yeah, somebody's going to have to dig around with it to figure out how it works. Yeah. But yeah, they think they use that for their battle cries. That would be scary. This little, woo, woo. I don't. I mean, a bunch of dudes running down a hill doing that, you're kind of like, I guess. I mean, I'd be scared because they have guns and stuff, or just scared because I'm like, why are they making that noise? What is wrong with them? Do they all agree to sound like stupid pussies right now? No. Let's just kill them. Well, I've always thought about how, you know, the uh, the Gaelic people, the Gauls, yeah. which was like early, early England when they were fighting the Romans, they didn't wear clothes in battle. Huh. And the Romans are all geared up, like, this is battle. And then you face a bunch of guys who are nude you're like they don't give a shit they don't care that's scary yeah but a bunch of confederates and shitty clothes like oh yeah ah! that's not scary but they say it was scary and they attribute that to <laughs> southern victories all right so the seven days resulted in what the south currently in southern lore is called the year of wonder the year of wonder is when the confederates actually gain some ground into the north and it is what ultimately ends in Gettysburg. Yeah. So, the Union could have overrun the Confederates at any point, but they didn't know that. Yeah. And McClellan, losing ground after the seven days, uh, gets fired, and Lincoln hires John Pope. John Pope uh, fights uh, Robert for several months. Um, uh, Robert, at this point, feels like hot shit because he... Gained some ground and his pinching maneuver worked. Uh, they actually pushed and pushed and pushed all the way into Maryland. And they started fighting over the ground in Maryland. Jesus. Um, Robert actually liked to be as close to the front of the lines as possible. A lot like Patton. He's right there at the front, giving, uh, giving orders. Um, he was shot at by sharpshooters. One time a bullet grazed his face. Oh, shit. And left him with a badass face scar. Ah, that's crazy. Yeah. One um, one inch over and you fucking get shot in the face. Different history. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe don't hang out up front, guys. It's <laughs> <laughs> not that smart. Right. Um, there is also a hilarious story uh where he he uh maybe wasn't as brave as he likes to present himself. There were a bunch of Union soldiers who were being who were captured and being led to the wherever you put enemy soldiers. Yeah. And some uh, Confederate soldier to mock them was like, look out, Yankee cavalry. And Robert heard that and ran away. He was like, oh, shit, the cavalry. <laughs> and he actually tripped and broke his arm. Are you serious? Yeah. I like to like, think of him like walking around like hot shit. He's like, we're winning. <laughs> yeah. And then someone's like, oh, shit, here they come. Oh, no, 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 Everyone else understood the joke, so he's the only guy who goes, ah! and then, oh, Ooh. calm down, Granny. God, I was, I've hurt my arm. All right, Granny, I guess you're in charge of all this shit. Woo! <laughs> yeah! Great job. <laughs> so he had a broken arm for a good while. Um, Pope, John Pope, did not do good enough either. Um, so Lincoln's like, you're fired. Yeah, Lincoln was really like, no, we need a guy who can match robert e lee's prowess yeah because he's really not like an amazing general but he's gaining ground even though we have a superior army so yeah 
Next, next guy. Um, let's see. Robert finally crossed the Potomac, which is a, a river in Maryland, and that's a big deal for them. Hmm. Uh, because it's only a few miles away from Washington D.C., uh, which is also near Harper's Ferry, so they felt symbolically like, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, they fought around Harper's Ferry. Uh, these are actually the Battles of Antietam. If you are like a Civil War guy, the Battles of Antietam are the bloodiest uh, battles up to that point anyway. Shit. The losses are in the tens to thousands of, of, of children. Oh, yeah, there was one weird story where Robert being at the front of the line is always a weird thing to happen. There, there was a Confederate uh, deserter. Who didn't want to fight in the war anymore? Oh, again, yeah, another. Con- he runs into more deserters. Yeah, and uh, this deserter, while running away, comes across a pig and decides to take the pig. So, so Robert is near the front of the line, and he sees a guy with his con- his gray Confederate suit open, which is a sign that he's not fighting. And he just sees him running across the field with a pig. <laughs> I got. I got, I got Let's go. Shut up. Shut up, Nancy. We gotta get out of here. We gotta talk about this for a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because there's so many questions I have. Mm-hmm. So if you're a deserter, I would think you would not want others to realize that. No. I would take off the uniform completely, not just like even pretend to wear it. And be like, oh yeah, I'm so yeah. war. But he he unbuttons it and then is next to one of the biggest armies that he's deserting from, and he's like, I'm hungry. That's a good looking pig. Grabs it and starts running across the field. Oh shit! I think that's I think that's my army. Oh fuck! <laughs> ah, go 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 go! If I run quickly with my new <laughs> girlfriend, fucking heavy pig too. Shit! God damn it! Let's quit squealing. <laughs> and the problem was that he kept spanking the pig in hopes that it'd be quiet, but <laughs> the pig was into it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, he knew it was gonna be bacon. Oh yeah, that's some good bacon. Um, so. What did Robert do? What did uh, Granny do? He had him captured, and Robert did not fuck with deserters. So he was like, uh, he needs to be killed. And oh. his commanders were like, let's not kill him because it's bad for morale. Yeah. So they were like, okay. So he gave him to Stonewall Jackson and said, quote unquote, punish him. Yeah. So Stonewall put him at the front of the lines. Yeah. And he was immediately riddled with bullets. The pig... Uh, was eaten by the soldiers and everyone had a good day. <laughs> oh my god, that was actually like written down. Yeah. Um, in October of 1862, Lincoln publicly states his intention to sign the Emancipation Proclamation, mm-hmm. which makes the South go woo because they're mad. That's, yeah. that's how they sound when they're mad. Ah. They're also the type of people who don't take their war vest off and steal pigs. They're mm-hmm. not the most educated group of people. Yeah. Uh, they keep fighting over the same stupid land. Uh, they fight over Fredericksburg. Um, Fredericksburg is a battle that the Confederates won in Maryland. Just fucking shove them back down. <sighs> it's just so obnoxious how often it's just back and forth. Ah, yeah. shove them. Now you need Patton. Move forward. Never backwards. Yeah. Don't stop. Just keep going until you run out of gas, even I, though you guys aren't using gas. I think maybe that's the lesson he's hooked from robert was like the problem was that he lost ground never lose yeah. ground throw everything you have at it you know work for Patton. Huh. but this is when uh the battle of fredericksburg is when robert penned his very famous quote that Patton also liked to use that is it is well that war is so terrible otherwise we should grow too fond of it hmm, that's weird 
Yeah. yeah. He likes to kill, even though he pretends he doesn't. No. Uh, in early 1863, the Emancipation Proclamation was passed and went into effect, so now the South is even more like, <laughs> John Wilkes Booth is losing his mind. He's literally sitting in a room just shaking violently. Like, I'm going to God licking. Yep. That guy's an idiot anyway. Um, Robert uh, actually did free his slaves. Um, what? Finally. I mean, we are like a year and a half into the Civil War, and the Emancipation Proclamation has already passed, but Robert does free his... Uh, Why does he? Nobody's totally sure. They say that he says that he was fulfilling uh, his father-in-law's contract. Which wasn't he way, way late then, by that point? He was a couple of years late already. Yeah. Um, they also say that maybe it was more that he just didn't have a use for him anymore because he's, like, fucking busy. Or he's like, what if we lose this shit? Uh, but I free my slaves, guys. Huh? Man- I mean, Emancipation Proclamation passes, and he goes, oh, I better I better emancipate them because then if I lose, I can be like, I was on your side the whole time. Well, I, mean, I, I was following your laws. What? I love Lincoln. Oh. I'm not like that Booth guy at all. Virginia will rise. <laughs> um, that 1862 winter was really bad. It actually put Robert on his ass for several weeks. He caught some kind of disease that, you know, when you read biographies of people in the 1800s, it says rheumatism. I don't know what the fuck rheumatism means, but they don't either. Rheumatism just means you're sick and they don't have any fucking idea. Yeah. But he got diagnosed with rheumatism like 18 times. <laughs> oh, my God. So I can't tell you what it was. But he was sick for a really long time. Um, and he almost died a bunch of times uh, because he was just cold and tired. And he started complaining about chest pains that people now think is a condition called angina pectoris. Angina? Angina pectoris. What is that? It's where your pecs grow a vagina. Uh huh. Because you're a huge pussy. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> it's just got the great, the, the perfect <laughs> title for it. It's a horrible thing to say. No, it's actually heart disease. It's all of it. Oh. It's heart disease where your, uh, whatever those uh, veins in your ventricles? Chest. <laughs> I'm just so dumb. I don't know. Where you get the uh, clogged arteries. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And it causes chest pains. Your house, your heart is like a house. Uh Uh-huh. And the ventricles are like rooms. Okay. So these ventricles or rooms. Sure. Sorry, I'm quoting scrubs now. Um, go on, Dr. Janitor. Uh, I don't, he doesn't say anything else about this. She calls him an idiot and then leaves. It's a fun show. Yeah. Yeah, I like the bromance. Me too. So it's really, it's very cute. Hey, it's Turk and JD. Exactly. What's a better pair than that? I don't know. There is one. Um, Maybe. Later in this story, Robert E. Lee and uh, Ulysses S. Grant make a, a band together. That's, That'd be weird. It's, it's it's a lot like Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> Where Robert is Garfunkel and he's mad he's not getting as much attention. Oh, darkness, <laughs> my old friend. Yeah. Well, he kept running to write the South Will Rise songs. And Grant was like, you already lost. <laughs> I'm Paul Simon. I'm going to go be my own guy now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have a great career and nobody's ever going to hear about you again. Yeah. <laughs> um, in uh, 1863 in May, Lincoln fires the other guy and hires Joseph Fighting Joe Hooker to be in charge of the Union Army in uh, Maryland and Virginia. He fights hookers? I thought he was supposed to be fighting in the war. 
He does both. Oh, nice. Yeah, whenever they're not fighting the Confederates, he finds a prostitute, beats her right in the face. <laughs> not in my town. Get it. <laughs> this is not the union of hookers. Yeah. Well, wait, by the way, how much are you real quick? Okay, yeah, let's do a quickie, and then afterwards, out of my town. I can afford that. I can afford to hit you in the face. <laughs> um, Hooker, I don't know why he got that job, because he was actually an idiot and a drunk. <laughs> he was one of the reasons that historians say the Confederates are able to gain ground, because he did not do a good job. He just didn't do anything, just like, let him in. Come on in. I wonder Come on. how much Lincoln is not a military guy. He just any mini money money in it. Wow. Just crossing his fingers like... You, you see if you can go do better. No, you're doing bad. You, you next. You know, I saw you hit a hooker the other night really aggressively. You seem to have the war spirit. You know what we haven't tried? We've done a lot of sober people. We haven't tried a drunk yet. (laughs) Maybe they'll do something crazy. We don't know. I don't know. The Confederates are gaining ground and they're idiots. Yeah. Let's put an idiot against the idiots. (laughs) Uh, And Hooker ended up... Well, it didn't go that well. Um... He had um, some successes. So Robert recognized that uh, fighting Joe Hooker was less of an offensive presence than the previous generals. So he's like, let's do our pinching move again. Yeah. And he had Stonewall take the, the left flank. And Stonewall Jackson was actually killed in this fight. Whoa. And uh, Take that, Stonewall Jackson. Yeah. I Ooh, mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh, that's what it sounded like when he's touching kids. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I, I gotta write that down for my songs. Don't move, kid. He's writing down a hee hee. Grab your crotch, moonwalk. Oh, this is gold. They don't care about us. Yeah. I am a huge fan. I'm not. I'd let him touch me. Um, Hooker, even though he got a Stonewall Jackson killed, and Stonewall Jackson was one of the moral victors of the Confederates. His life alone got guys to run forward. Uh, after he died, uh, Hooker just ran away. <laughs> uh, okay. He was winning that battle, and people actually still don't know why he... Uh, was like, retreat! Oh, fuck! Just got paranoid. I think maybe I like... he ran out of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go back and get some more. <laughs> he just ran. This is going a little too well. Run away! Something's up. Suspiciously well. Yeah. I feel too comfortable. So, the Union had so many chances to just crush the Confederates, but I don't know if their reconnaissance sucks or what. They just didn't take the opportunity to... Run them down via superior numbers. With Hooker. We're winning! Let's let's withdraw. That was... Yeah, they just did that shit. Hmm. Um, and there are arguing historians who say that it's Robert being a genius and outflanking them. Others say that the Union just... Didn't, didn't know what was going on. They didn't have full information. Mm-hmm. Either way, history makes Robert look like a fucking genius for being undermanned and under-equipped and still winning. Yeah. I'm sure he might maybe had some sort of... He's a smart guy, and like like I said earlier, he's good at, like, terrain. He can look at geography and be like, this is the best place to fight here, and we'll outflank him here. You know, he's a smart guy. I just... 
I just didn't see genius. Yeah. Not in the research I did. I just saw lucky. Yeah. Like Hitler. You know how many times that guy should have lost and been assassinated? Yeah. It's just luck. Yeah. There's a fucking devil in the world who's like, <laughs> that guy, I'm going to protect him. Yeah. <laughs> and God is dead. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I think is happening. God is dead. God is dead. Satan killed him, and he's like, now I need to go protect people. I'm going to go protect the worst. <laughs> that That's why... Justin Bieber and Donald Trump are, like, important, <laughs> and uh, other people aren't. Yeah. That's why we're the only podcast that did an episode on Wengari Mathai. Yeah. Because there's no God. He's dead now. <laughs> well, uh, in May of that year, Ulysses S. Grant was in charge of the Union Army in the Southwest. He's down in the Mississippi, Tennessee area. Good old Ulysses S. Grant. He's a motherfucker. He, he is actually a cool guy. Yeah, and he almost died, but he decided not to go to the theater with Lincoln later. Is that true? Oh, that's right. Yeah, he decided that after he was done with the war, Lincoln invited him, but he was like, I'm going to go hang with my family. And Lincoln was like, that's understandable. Cool. We'll catch you later. And... Hey, it's probably not going to be that uh, big of a blast, <laughs> the the play anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it might be a bang, but, you know, I've seen this, I've seen this theater show before, so. Yeah, yeah, Grant is like, ah, doesn't sound... I'm, I'm not going to shoot for that tonight. Yeah. I'm going to run home. <clears throat> yeah. Shoot my load elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, Grant uh, is doing very well in the South. And he's taken over a lot of ground. And it's actually Lincoln who's like, we need your talents up here. And it's hilariously the same time that uh, uh, Jefferson Davis asked Robert, like, do you want to go fight down <laughs> South and fight Grant? And he's like, Nope, I'm a Virginia guy. I only stay up here. Huh. That's when Grant comes up, and it's now... Surprise, motherfucker! Robert versus Grant. Boom, boom, boom. In one corner, we have Robert. In the other corner, we have Ulysses, which is kind of a weird name, but don't let that fool you, because it's about Robert, to get real. Robert, Robert, Ulysses, Ulysses. Ding, ding. So what happens? Oh, Robert loses. Oh. Pretty TKO. It's like the last uh, McGregor fight. Oh. Did you see that? No. He lost, or he won, I'm sorry, in 43 seconds. 43 seconds? Oh, it was brutal. Damn. That poor motherfucker just got, <laughs> he got bashed in the face so hard. Well, um, so some of the other notable battles around this time is the Battle of Brandy Station. Uh, Robert actually saw his son Rooney get shot. Ooh. He got shot in the leg and he lives, but yeah, uh, he's fine. It, it sort of bothered him to see that. Um, Robert, because they are pushing way past their supply lines now, getting into Pennsylvania, he orders his men to live off the land, which means robbing people. Oh, okay. Huh. But he is also a gentleman, so he's like, anything that you, anything that you procure from the the citizens pay them back in confederate money which in the union is like toilet paper yeah it's nothing but so that means that these <laughs> confederate <laughs> soldiers are breaking the houses <laughs> taking food and then leaving shit for money like there you go <laughs> just give them mon monopoly money like i i raided your uh pantry thank you and uh here save this for later that's gonna come in handy when we win the war because we will 
And the poor woman whose husband is in the Union Army is like, what am I? Oh, all right. I bet you now it's actually probably worth money. Confederate money is probably hard to come by, I would imagine. I now it's, this, it's uh, an interesting historical question. kind of, you know. Yeah. It's like only collector. museums or guys have it in their wallet. Like, well, I'm gonna, this is going to be useful later <laughs> once I kill everybody. <laughs> I bet there are still fucking places in the South where you can use that shit. Nah. In uh, June of 1863 is Gettysburg in 1863. Yeah. They don't even know that they ran into each other. So they're in. <laughs> they're just like walking backwards towards each other, but not looking, bumping. Bang, 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 bang. Wait, no, don't move. Ah! <laughs> they just shoot each other. Well, they're in they're in Petty, uh, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and the Union has like ninety thousand dudes in that area stationed. The South has about seventy thousand dudes, hmm. and it's literally through Gettysburg that four Confederate divisions just run into two Union divisions, and it's literally that where they're like, "Whoa, hey, whoa, hey, whoa, hey, don't you shoot, hey, whoa," and, yeah. they, and they start ex- exchanging fire. Um, Robert brings his dudes over there. They're at a place called Cemetery Ridge and both sides start flushing people into Gettysburg to be like, let's finish this. And the, uh, the union actually retreats up Cemetery Ridge, which gives them the high ground. ground. It's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. I loved you. You underestimate my, underestimate my power. (laughs) And then he then he flipped over him and got like immediately slashed. You were my brother. <laughs> you were supposed to be the chosen one. Was it supposed to be like this? I hate you. <laughs> That's a really great impression of that. Oh, they... that moment. <laughs> he's so upset. <laughs> well, you know he's like on fire and shit. Yeah, it's pretty white saber wounds. Yeah, it's no fun, but. That's the only acting that actor ever did, was when he grits his teeth and goes, yeah, I hate you. It was a good scene. He's a terrible actor. That's a good That's a good Star Wars moment. Yeah. One of the few from the, the prequels. Yeah. They're not very good. Have you heard about the Jar Jar Binks uh, theory? It's bad news. What, the theory? Yeah. No. There's a whole entire theory about oh, Jar Jar Binks. Jesus, guys. Dude, it's actually pretty good. So right. first of all, I have to say, I hate fan theories because most of the time you're rewriting what the author was not intending. True. And you're trying to think that you're more clever. Shut up. Or you think that you're hitting on a a secret fact that the author's not saying and you're the first one. Yeah. Even though you're an idiot. Exactly. So most fan theories, like 99.9%, I don't go for. This one actually has some validity and some people have hinted who've worked on the films that... The fans are on the right page, and it's okay. like Jar Jar Binks might actually be a Sith Lord. And it sounds silly uh, at first and kind of stupid, but the whole point is Jar Jar acts stupid to throw everybody off. Uh, and if you actually go through the theory, it's actually kind of fun, surprisingly. When I first heard it, I was like, stupid, lame, dumb. Then I watched it sounds the whole like reaching thing, really hard. Right? But then you see these moments where the animator actually makes his mouth move. At the same time, when other people are talking while he's doing the hand wave, kind of almost like the influential. Seriously? Yeah, where he's like, these are all the droids you're looking for, that kind of shit. Well, Jar Jar Binks does that kind of stuff, and he makes his mouth is moving the same words as the other actors. Now, if you see an actor do that, you're like, some actors aren't very good. They're memorizing everybody's lines, and they're, yeah, they're, they're just running through the script. Yeah, but it's an animation. So the animators actually had to go through and actually make him do it. 
There's a whole bunch of crazy, okay. cool stuff. Go check it out. I like the idea that Jar Jar is not a racist epithet walking around. He's portraying that character because he thinks it's funny. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Like he's a deep intellectual who's like, all right, I'm going to kill the Jedi. I'm going to act like a racist asshole, and they'll never even Perfect. fucking know. Like, that guy's just a dick. Oh, boy, look at me. <laughs> yeah. That's a fucking brilliant theory. Because, yeah, the Sith are like, the they're all about uh, deception. Oh, yeah, and he kills droids, doesn't get hit, doesn't get, ever get killed. He ends up making it yeah, that... somehow high up into the government. He gives uh, Palpatine his power. He's the one who suggests it, and he does his hand waves to a big group of government. Oh, I don't remember that, but Did that... Go check it out. If he's the one who gave Palpatine the power, I'm in that theory. Yeah. I'm in it now. Yeah. But apparently the idea is that that was going to be what was happening, but everybody hated Jar Jar being so much that uh, Lucas decided to pull out of that because he's like, ah, I'm not going to make this guy this big giant part of my story arc if everybody well, fucking hates his guts. That would mean that one of the last scenes in the in the final movie is not Yoda fighting Dooku. It's yeah. Yoda fighting uh... yeah, Jar Jar. <laughs> And so the and he suddenly is intense. Yeah, and there's been a bunch of people who <laughs> Misa kill you, Yoda. <laughs> but yeah, there've been a bunch of people that worked on the films that have come out and said, yeah, there was there's something there. But it, seriously, it, it got changed, it got rewritten, and maybe Lucas will change it again later, or whoever's in charge of it now might re bring it back. But I have never not. heard of that. Yeah, I'm gonna look into it though. I'm stoked. Yeah, I you love... could probably cut all oh, this. Is probably not pertaining to anything, but anything that distracts from Robert's jackassery, I'm psyched about. Because <laughs> I actually don't care for him that much. <laughs> because he allows his army to take a position on the low ground, and at this point, he's been like a, like they said, they call him Granny. Yeah, he, he's conservative in his movements. Yeah. Now he says, "We are in Gettysburg. We're in Pennsylvania. We're on their ground. We don't stop. We don't lose ground. We go." And he runs into a disadvantage. Yeah. So it's called Pickett's Charge because the guy in charge of that regiment is named Pickett. And there's another guy who's in charge of Pickett named uh, Longstreet. These are the Confederate commanders. Okay. Longstreet tells Robert, I'm not ordering Pickett up a hill. Not only do I not know how many Union are up there, but we're uphill. Yeah. Which means, you know, even if we do get a good shot, we're going to end up bayoneting each other, and they just have to lean down. And they're they're able to look over the ridge and shoot down and then back off where we're wide yeah. open the whole time running up. Because on Cemetery Hill, there is actually about midway up, there's a, uh, a fence. Oh, nice. I mean, it's a stone fence, and it's maybe only three feet high. That's all you need. That's good enough, yeah. If you're at the top. So Robert argues with Longstreet. Longstreet argues with Robert. There's a lot of people say that it's Longstreet not committing is why they lost Gettysburg. Mm. Other people say it's Robert being too foolhardy and being like, go! But what happens is, if you haven't seen the, you know, the movies, yeah. the Matthew Broderick movie, yeah. it doesn't go well. No. Um. The casualties were like 3,000 dead for the Union, uh, 4,000 dead for the Confederate. But the many of the, the, the uh, casualties that are not people who are dead but who are deserters are Confederates going, fuck this. Nope. Yeah, don't want to do this anymore. Fuck this. 
And so, hold on, let me just open up my coat so everybody knows. <coughs> Is there any pigs around? I don't want. I don't want to be dishonorable. Uh, yeah, let me undo my coat and just run. <laughs> <laughs> well, and history will say that Longstreet actually had many more men he could have sent in with Pickett and refused to, knowing it was a slaughterhouse. Nobody can prove that, hmm. but they think that Longstreet uh, intentionally didn't follow orders. He's like. We're just, it's, we're just gonna die. It doesn't matter how many men I throw at it. Yeah, we're just gonna die. So he he didn't follow orders. Um, Robert took the high road and said, "This is all my fault." Um, sorry, I guess. Longstreet took the way out. I took the high road. Longstreet high road. I was trying to do something there. Did you guys get the wordplay? Put that in the newspaper <laughs> so that way it looks like I'm clever. Please stop calling me Granny. <laughs> See how clever I am. <laughs> I did just lose a lot of men. Hey. Yeah. The South will rise. So is that the end of it? Well, Gettysburg is when the war, when the war turns. Oh, I mean, on that hill, is that where it is? Or they keep on going for a little bit more? Oh, no, it's on that hill. Yeah. The uh, Pickett's Charge ends horribly, and the men get just gored to shit. Yeah. And they run. Um, and they run out of Pennsylvania. And, uh, and then you have. I guess you could say at this point that Robert deserts because he gives up, right? So that's kind of like deserting, kind of. Steal a pig, motherfucker. From <laughs> buns his shirt. Where are they? I need a pig to, I need some bacon to at least equalize this situation. <laughs> well, so July 1st, 1863 is Gettysburg. There are people in the South, and this is this is not literal, but this is, metaphorically, there are people in the South. It has been said there are people who feel that every day, is July 1st of 1863, meaning the possibility of a Southern victory is just at a grasp. That's fucking stupid. They believe oh my God. that if Pickett's charge was successful, that the Confederates would have won. Not considering that we were still outnumbered and that's only one battle. Many people in the South believe because if Pickett's charge had taken over the Union on that ridge, that then the Confederates would clearly go on to take over the country. That's because they don't read... What a bunch of jackasses. Yeah, they read one thing to get that date. <laughs> and they're like, every day is 1863 like, for actually, me, son. Today, today's a different day. Dude, it's... That was over 100 years ago, bro. It's like 150 years later. Yeah. I don't even... We got, like, cell phones and shit. Uh -huh. It actually worked out well for the union. You know, like, we got cell phones and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Your daughter's pretty cute, too. I mean, she wouldn't exist otherwise, right? For you. Not for me. I ain't gonna fuck her. You fucked her too many times already. I'm not into it. <laughs> yeah. Um. But, yeah. Uh, Gettysburg, for many people, is uh, pretty important uh, in the South losing. And the South do lose. Uh, Gettysburg is not because, it's not why the South lost. They would have lost anyway. Yeah. This is just it's the turn. where point. they lost. Exactly. Uh, the Confederate retreat was met with torrential rains. And just the South are running, just fucking running through mud. To try and get away from like, <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> They're not doing that silly. No! <laughs> That's where the 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 rebel yell went from from uh con like feeling good about yourself to <laughs> to like almost crying and yeah desperation. And Robert gets word during this retreat that both his sons, Robert Jr. and Rooney, have been captured. Were they really? Yeah. Oh, man. So he's not having a good day. <laughs> yeah. He's not having a good day. Um, Robert, uh, back in Virginia, uh, near Richmond, they successfully get back home. 
he actually publicly he calls Gettysburg an intentional success. Um, he said that he wanted to draw the Union into a fight so that he could regroup. And we also, a while back, we wanted Stonewall Jackson to die. We were like, perfect, we got him right where we want him. They took out one of our best generals. We wanted them to do They don't that. even know what's going to happen. It's to make them think they're winning so we can run 100 miles south and <laughs> regroup. <laughs> seriously why did he say that they think it's because at this point he realizes he has to see it to the end and he doesn't want to get fired for such an awful loss he's like it was all me but it was all purpose don't fire me <laughs> I'll i honestly, try that at work i Next honestly I fuck up really bad like, oh my god look it's my fault <laughs> but hear me out i lost those 10 accounts on purpose now stick with me <laughs> stick with me it's to regroup mm-hmm mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to regroup and gather all my resources. Just wait. And then I'm going to get 20 accounts. Maybe 150, 200 years from now. I'll rise again. Don't worry. Stay with me. If you stick with me, I'll stick with you. It's going to be great. Fuck black people, right? Boss? HR guy? <laughs> HR guy. <laughs> I have no idea where his head is. But yeah, he says that. That they, they, uh, they left for a reason. But... There were also many, many deserting soldiers who fucking ran from this, where they're like, fuck that. Um, he publicly said that deserting soldiers would receive amnesty uh, to keep morale up. He actually had them rounded up and executed. Whoa. So that Wait. what the public read was that deserters would get amnesty because he's like, I get it. It's scary. We were losing. If you're in the military, you know they were killed. Damn. For, for for leaving. Hmm. I don't know. That's, that's fucked I, up. That's how you do it, I guess. That's how you play the game. Tell yeah. I mean I feel like if you're if you have to lie about it to the public, then you're probably not doing something great behind the scenes. No. It's never great to tell the media one thing and then do something else. Yeah. I mean I guess everybody does that, but it's different when it's killing children. Yeah. For running from a losing battle. Because <laughs> you're, you're an idiot. After you set them up a fucking disadvantaged <clears throat> battle. Well. And then it was like, it's my fault on purpose. Now kill all the ones who fucking ran Right. Away. So, and this is, this is more what I found. So much of history talks about what a strong moral character he is. And all I found was that he contradicted himself about slavery. Contradicted himself about the war. He contradicted himself about victories and losing like he just sounds like a confused bullshitter you know what side he was going to be on apparently he was wish-washy before he joined up exactly i think he was a good general in that gore didn't bother him and he's good with with terrain and figuring out battles personally maybe kind of a fucking idiot who's good at bullshitting yeah because he just keeps saying contradictory things and doing contradictory things and it's not because he's some kind of genius that you don't he's not playing four level chess yeah. He's just an idiot. Maybe that's why the South thinks that they're going to rise against because he <laughs> came back. He's like, hey, man, we won. Technically, hold on. Technically, no, but yes. Think about this. We'll rise again. And then that just stuck and kept getting repeated and regurgitated to the point where yeah. 150 years later, he got on Facebook. Oh, my God. And the idiots just followed the idiots. So how many people in the South currently feel like they're part of Robert E. Lee's Confederacy regrouping? Yeah, right now? Right now, they're like, no, nah, it's cool. Oh. The war's not over. We're regrouping. Yeah. Just a few more beers. Maybe a couple more decades. And then it's on. 
Yeah. I'm marching into Maryland, bro. Well, what, who, who, what, uh-huh. I'm going to be a dad. I just got my sister pregnant, so fuck. Might be a little bit longer. So I'm going to raise that kid so he can come with me. Mm-hmm. He can take bullets, too. It's going to be fucking great. Yeah. South Rise. Luckily, I think a lot of that talk and rhetoric has stopped due to Trump. I think they feel more confident now. Yeah. So fuck them. Fuck them. Um, everybody kind of feels that Gettysburg was a turn of the tide. They didn't stop fighting anyway, but it is sad. Uh, the winter after Gettysburg is very harsh, and Robert actually finally spends some time with his family. It's been several years since he'd even been home. Um, and the fun story from that time is that his daughter Mildred adopted a pet squirrel, who she named Custis. <laughs> she named it after her own brother? Uh-huh. And her mom's, like, maiden name. She's like, <laughs> look at this. I named it after you. You're both ugly. Just like him. He eats nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Just like you, mom. <laughs> um, well, Robert was so pissed off. He's like, cool. You know what's really good? Peanut and squirrel soup. Did he eat it? He did not, but he did tell Mildred to kill it and turn it into soup. Huh. So maybe not as good of a dad anymore. Yeah. I think maybe he's a little jaded. This is what you guys have been doing? I've been at war and you have squirrel pets? You just let wild animals in the house? This is this is crazy. I'm going to kill all of the union for you, Mildred. And your squirrel's coming with me. We're making soup. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Ulysses S. Grant, after uh, Gettysburg, is like, fuck him. Fuck them. We're done. I'm going to push into Virginia as hard as I possibly can. And Robert's tiny little army makes pokey little guerrilla warfare attacks as the spring happens. They're sort of playing with the idea of being uh, smaller forces doing guerrilla warfare type of shit. Yeah. But Grant recognizes what that is, and he's not he's not bothered by it. Um, they find many, uh, in response, the Yankee soldiers start making little groups around Richmond. So they're not whole regiments. They're like 15 or 20 guys around Richmond just popping out of the woods and shooting into the crowd and running away. So they're guerrilla warfaring each other now, which is really just a pathetic, it, just admit the war's over. Yeah. <sighs> okay. This is where the war ends. Okay. Um, The Union... Grant is Grant is a smart guy. Yeah. I'm just going to say that. It Robert so. and I haven't done a people time on him, but here's what here's what Grant does. He goes, "Okay. What they really want is Richmond, and they know that I am north of them. So what I'm going to do is quietly go around them and go under Richmond." Ugh. They're not going to see it coming and they're going to go, "Ah, just going to put a bunch of lead up their ass." That's what he wanted to do. Yeah. Just a barrel full of lead in your asshole. Yeah. Make fucking peanut and squirrel soup out of your colon. Ew. And then just... Mm, too southerny. Yeah. Kind of fatty. No. Doesn't taste very good. It tastes like incest. And feet. And feet. This is why you guys lost. <laughs> You're just gross people. <laughs> um. So... I'm trying to find in my notes where, because uh, there are several battles that lead up to this. They're like stalemates and uh, uh, guerrilla warfare shit. Actually, there's one uh, before this happens. There's actually a really fucked up thing that happens that Lee and Grant um, recognize that they are each other's counter. Yeah, you know, comic book style where they're like, 
Finally, we are the two meant for this moment. Lightning strikes. Because they have a battle in which a bunch of dudes die. Um, And it was customary at the time that after a battle, both sides put up a white flag and go collect their wounded and dead. And they're not fighting each other. You know, you have guys who go out there and they cross paths and they're like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just picking up my buddy. And they allow that. There was a battle in which both Grant and Lee said, don't, don't do a white flag. Let their dead die. There will be no white flag above my door. I'm in love and always will be. Dear Slim, I I just killed my girlfriend. I put her in the trunk of a car. (laughs) Same artist, different song, but yeah. It's pretty close, right? Dido, yeah. Hers is the cup of tea one, right? Please don't call it wondering why. Yeah. I can't believe I can't believe we both know so much about Dido. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's odd. Well, Throw it was that. literally two days later, nobody going to collect the wounded and dead, that Grant sent a letter to Robert saying, We should go collect the wounded. And Robert wrote back, Sure, as soon as you fly a white flag. And Grant said, Yeah, I'll do that as soon as you fly a right flag, fly a white flag. Why are they doing this? Because the white, white flag means we're not going to shoot each other. Like, and like they a... both refuse to do that. They're at the point of the world where they're like, if I ever see any of your dudes, I'm going to kill them. Wow. And they allowed That's a just bummer. fields of wounded children to die. So it sounds like one of them could have just done it, and the other one probably would have followed suit. Either yeah. one. But they wanted the other one to do it first. They're like, no, you fly the flag. I don't need to. I'll let my men die. You have more men out there than I do, so maybe you should do it. Yeah, it's dude stuff. It's like this whole fucking, yeah, ego shit. Yeah, because then even Robert writes back, and he's like, this is tradition. You fly the flag. And Grant's like, you fly the flag. Tradition? You're barely a country recently. Right? You're like four days old. Yeah. You dick. What do you mean tradition? So it's it's two days before, it was actually Grant who finally said, fine, and he put up the white flag, and it went fine. You know, nobody shot each other, but there was nobody left. Everyone All the wounded are dead. Yeah. Um, and uh, I know you hate ghosty stuff, but people say if you stay in that field, you can hear people moaning and crying. Oh, my God. Why isn't there anybody... Like, why I'm not there, saying that that happens. Why isn't there any ghosts that are just doing normal stuff? Like Most of them are. Not like they're stubbing just their doing toe. The dishes. You know, they're not... They're always, like, flipping lights and stuff and doing stuff that people think is spooky. Just the mischievous ones. God, you don't even... Oh, my gosh. I've never seen one, like, naked doing helicopter while they're listening to Bernie Spears and that died, you know, 10 years ago. Maybe, but if you were just, like, in your house and you subtly heard Britney Spears and somebody dancing, (laughs) you would think you're being fucked with when really the ghost is just trying to live his own fucking life. I, I think that'd be your business. more scary than any other ghost story. Is also <laughs> a helicoptering naked ghost <laughs> with his wiener just flinging around, going, "Hit me, baby, one more time." What's that flapping sound? I hear? <laughs> two in the morning. I just look over. Oh God! What the? <laughs> <laughs> that ghost has a huge dong. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I wish. If I ever go to Virginia and visit some of the Civil War stuff, that's what I want to see. I want to see a ghost helicoptering over the field, like. <laughs> the South ain't gonna ride shit. My dick will rise. <laughs> yeah. 
So, like I said, uh, I fucked up the timeline there, but there was that battle where they were really petty and a bunch of kids died. And, yeah. then, and then Grant moved 100,000 men, without Robert noticing, around. Shh, very sneaky. Everybody be quiet. We're hunting. And one soldier Southerners. very quietly opens a bag of chips like, <laughs> Hey. No. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Eat some <laughs> chip. Dude, no, dude, dude, we're trying to be, hey. Yeah. No. <laughs> Bam. All right, one last noise, just him shooting him. And then the soldier's like, those chips are still looking pretty good. Okay. <laughs> uh, Don't. Just one. I'm hungry. <laughs> We've been walking for like two days. Shh. So, they are <laughs> only about 20 miles south of Richmond, and <clears throat> pan uh, very panicked, Robert realized what's going on way past when he should have. But Some guy behind him is getting bayoneted. Whoa, they're behind us! What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, they he runs his whole army south of Richmond, and they set up a very pretty impressive 26-mile-long trench defensive line. Oh, damn. And it is very, very many months of what they call attrition, which is just where both lines are impenetrable, and they just run up and bam, bam, and run away, and run up and yeah, bam, bam. Yeah, you brought the same word in uh, Crazy Horse. Yeah, it's where you don't gain land, and you just act like an asshole to each other and yeah. take some casualties. A lot of attacks and counterattacks that don't go anywhere. And it's very sad. Um, but the Union actually dug underneath some Confederate lines to one point, and actually blew up a bunch of TNT oh. and created what they actually, it's actually called the crater mm. where there was like a battle that was fought in the crater afterwards. That's weird. <laughs> Quick, get in the crater. It's very strange. It doesn't seem very safe in there. Um, around this time is when General Sherman for the Union burns down Atlanta. And so the Confederacy also loses Tennessee. Uh, the uh, Confederate desertion rate of soldiers raises up to like a hundred a day. There's no morale anymore. Um, the Thirteenth Amendment passes in the Union in January of 1865. There's really a sense that you guys just fucking lost. Yeah, and you have a very nice defensive position, but it's over. It's, it's done. You're donezo. Gettysburg was the last umph that you had that was fun. Doesn't it? Doesn't matter. So, in February uh, of 1865, Lincoln sends a peace commission to ask for, well, maybe let's stop now. Maybe I'll stop killing you. Yeah. You guys um, had enough? Hilariously, um, the vice president of the South uh, talks to Lincoln and says, we'd be happy to end this and join the Union as long as we are allowed to join your Congress and reverse the 13th Amendment. Please? Please? Yeah, I'm sure. And Lincoln's like, no. <laughs> no. No. So, this I'm gonna is... Do it. I'm going to do the Emancipation Proclamation even harder. Oh, I think you know what I mean. Don't. Don't. No. You can come join our Congress, but you can't do the 13th Amendment. Okay. That's, that's fine. Hey, let's stop. Let's stop. Let me... Let me... Uh, we'll rejoin. Un but we'll just pretend that none of this happened. Let me have black people. You don't have to. You won't have them, and I'll have them, and you won't, and it's going to be cool. 
Now, I lo- have you seen the Family Guy episode where they do a quick little scene of this? The end of the Civil so. War? Oh, man. So it shows a meeting in like a tent and they're like, all right, you lose, we win. And the South's like, yes. Like, okay, do you agree to everything? He's like, yeah, but we don't have to read. And they're like, deal. <laughs> and then they just leave. We can keep fucking our kids and yeah. our sisters. Yeah. We don't have to read. Yeah. <laughs> all right, good enough. Victory, boys. Oh! That's what they did. Yeah. Um, this is around the time that Robert advocated for black soldiers to join the Confederacy. Luckily, it is very near the end of the war, so there were black soldiers up to this point, but they weren't soldiers, they were slaves. Yeah. He was asking for black actual slaves to join the army, and in response, they would be freed. Yeah. This was his first concession of like, yeah, you can be, you can totally be a citizen as a private in the military yeah that didn't take off but that's how desperate they are now before they were just using slaves to cook their food and if they didn't feel like a battle was going well they'd be like send out the black guys and yeah yeah um which i imagine that's actually a pretty good strategy seeing that if the north was trying to free the slaves or at least that there were soldiers that were on that page like i don't know if i should shoot at these that, slaves that are coming out because we're trying uh, to free them and that's not their fucking fault if they're being yeah. forced to. That's a disgusting. I uh, never really thought about that before. I hadn't either. Well, and you will hear a lot of, um, you know, people of a certain distinction say that there were black soldiers in the Confederate Army and say, well, there were many black people who believed in that movement. Yeah, no. Those were people who were property and were told that they would be killed if they didn't. Yeah. So it's not really like that. And it was Robert who was like, well, let's give them citizenship in exchange for fighting the war for us the confederate congress did pass a law authorizing black soldiers but it never really took off because the war ends here in a minute yeah um the very last attack was by robert it was in march at a place called fort stedman which is east of richmond um the all they were able to accomplish was several thousand deaths because the union had them outnumbered and outflanked and the union is totally got their number now. Yeah. They know everything. It was April 2nd. The Union struck the Confederate right flank with huge numbers, broke the line through his defensive shit, and Robert ordered a full retreat, and everybody was like, ah! And they ran. They ran into Richmond. They ran out west. They didn't have a plan. Uh, Robert kept saying, well, let's reconnaissance uh, over here or maybe over here or shit. Everywhere we go, there's unions. So they... Uh, start getting rounded up and and being taken prisoner, and it was through Robert and Grant exchange letters that are hilarious, in which Grant gentlemanly says, "Let's stop," and yeah. Robert says, "I would love to stop if you surrender." <laughs> oh my God, are you serious? Yeah, Robert literally says, "We will not surrender, but we will stop if you surrender," and it was Grant. It was like. Sure, I mean that would be that would be fun and all. I'm not gonna. Yeah. And the letters that they have back and forth, you can look up. It's hilarious because they're using that very old school gentlemanly talk. Yeah. But it's also very tongue in cheek, where they're both calling each other an idiot, like you, you surrender. Yeah. No, you do it. And it, uh, Robert eventually agreed to meet him at the Appomattox courthouse. Uh, Robert wore his best gray suit. Everything was shiny and clean. Grant wore a dusty, tattered shot up uniform that actually had blood stains on it oh shit um people say that this was symbolic robert wanted to show himself as 
is regal. And Grant was like, I've been fighting this shit, and you want you to see what I've done. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I happen to like Ulysses S. Grant up to this point. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, the terms of surrender were quite simple. Robert, uh, or sorry, Grant said, we weren't, we won't kill you we won't try you with treason we won't round up your guys as long as you all go home and be peaceful citizens of the union yeah that's it be peaceful that's it follow our laws follow our you are union now you aren't confederate let's stop playing that silly shit you go home you're with us you vote for our congress you vote for our president or we'll run you over later or we'll just do this again yeah so april 9th of 1865 uh, Robert signs it. It's done. Robert goes home to Richmond uh, in April 15th, which is actually the same day that Lincoln died. Right. Is when Robert John got Wilkes home Booth. the day that uh, Booth's asinine plan works. Yeah. Barely. Barely. And he runs off with a broken ankle and... Yeah. Idiot. And finds out that the whole United States hates him in the paper later. Right. <laughs> 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 And what, complains about it in his notes. <laughs> what do you, I'm not a hero? What? Why? It's so much like uh, him and Oswald remind me so much of those incel kids <laughs> who think that what they're doing is going to create some kind of social movement. Yeah. Like, like Manson or like that kid, uh, I can't remember his name, the one who showed up at that black church. Yeah. He thought that he was going to create a, a, a race war. Like these people think that their actions are so important. It's just pathetic and sad. Yeah. Turns out people even in the South were like, what an idiot. Which takes a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So the rest of Robert's life is, it's fine. Uh, He he almost gets tried for treason anyway. Oh. Um, It's actually Ulysses S. Grant who intervenes. Because he's like, I made a deal with him. Yeah, an appellate court approached Robert and was like, you know, you fought against the Union. That's treason. We're going to kill you. And as Ulysses S. Grant, it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was there. We signed the thing. He's fine. He said he's not going to hurt anybody. Leave him alone. Um, He accepts a position as president of Washington College in Virginia, which is currently called Washington Lee College Hmm. because it's named after both of them. Uh, He does kind of the same thing he did at West Point, only less complaining now. He actually takes his position as president of that college pretty seriously. Um, Many Confederate types want to keep fighting the war. They talk about creating guerrilla militias and hide in the mountains and fighting and they say robert you're our guy and it's actually robert who says no it's over get over it robert is actually the first guy to say publicly get over it we lost it's done so in october 12th of 1870 he dies uh many people say it is uh cardiovascular disease from the angina pectoris that he had he got pneumonia a couple of strokes Laid in bed for several days. Um, there is a, a last quote that you can find from him that I just don't think is true. What's that? It, it's he says tell he says tell Ford to take the hill. So it's something like that. Yeah. Where they, they think that he's like um, reminiscing or hallucinating. He's in the battle. Yeah, from before it. Um, but many sources I saw said that his his last few days he was in and out of comas and didn't actually speak and so that that's some kind of fake thing that somebody made up could be either i don't know hmm. uh but yeah he dies um there just to kind of wrap him up i mean i had a couple of quotes 
from different things where he had a cousin who had a bunch of slaves and Robert said, you should fire the slaves and hire white laborers because anytime black people are around, things fall apart. And many people attribute that to his racism or his non-racism because it's an odd comment. Yeah. And I'm just saying it because ultimately what I took away from Robert is I have no fucking idea other than that he has social Darwinism and he seems like he makes up his mind at the last minute. So I don't really know where he stood on things. But there's also... I mean, owning slaves is enough to pick a side, but yeah. He it should be enough. Be, but, he, <laughs> but he does seem to have this weird wishy-washy way about it. Exactly. When he's talking to other people and, and how he feels about it. And, Very wishy-washy. <clears throat> Which I don't like wishy-washy people. Me either. Especially when we're talking about owning people. Oh, wishy washy <clears throat> yeah, wishy-washy people who are also put in charge of things. That's never a good thing. Never. And that's, well, that's not the reason. It's one of the reasons they lost. Yeah. Um, there's also a, a story that he was in a church, a Catholic church, uh, in Richmond uh, after the war. Mm-hmm. And a black guy stood up and went up to the front to take communion. And the white congregation was like, ugh. You can't do that. It's our God. Our God's white. And it was Robert who went up and sat next to the black guy to take communion with him. And that it was then that the tide turned in the church. Now, some people say this story didn't happen. Some people say it 100% did. Some people say it was not about race and that he was just like, let's just, it's, he can take communion. It's fine. Let's move on. Yeah. I don't know. That's just another thing that happened. Huh. Interesting. My favorite story that I wanted to leave for last was that his daughter said that right before the war, um, he was given, like, a lot of uh, Confederate citizens were sending him stuff in the mail, like, win the war for us, we love you. Oh. And he opened a box from a woman that had, she had, uh, she had sewn a, an Afghan blanket and a tea cozy for him. And he thought it was so funny. He opened it because he just didn't like adulation. Yeah. He opened it for his daughter. He's like, look at this silly shit. And he put the afghan on him and he put the tea cozy on his head and <laughs> danced around for her. Because he's like, look how silly it is. <laughs> so. That's kind of funny. I leave that for last because he's not a, a raging racist villain. He's just. Sounds like an idiot who's also racist. But he. He's a goofball, nice dad. It's nice. Who owns people and tries to justify it but then it's one he's one of those people that is very fun and interesting to talk about because you don't want to go too far to one side to justify anything that he's done that is awful like racist however it's also nice to actually make the person into an actual person rather than this whole kind of cartoonish that was my racist right yeah so that is kind of fun that he he seemed to like to hang out with his kids his his his, kind of his wife and he didn't even like the attention he got you know, he's not an egomaniac like a lot of the people we know. Yeah. He's an, he's That's a, weird. He's an individual. Yeah. Who's hard, definitely hard to read. Um, he, uh, if you didn't know, in the South, he is still a goddamn, they treat him like an angel savior. He, mm-hmm. He's the new Christ for them in a lot of spots. Weird. Um, his sacrifice at Gettysburg rhymes with christ in gethsemane and many people are think that that's like a thing oh my god there are churches where his face is there is there um, that's just so stupid on so many levels i don't even want to talk about it yeah i don't want to dive into that 
Um, I do appreciate that after the war, the South wanted to create a guerrilla warfare thing and keep the South going, and he was the guy that they all turned to, and he was like, don't do that. So even now, if today what people are going like, he said the stuff that we were going to, it was all just a, a ploy, it's all, but he, in the end, was being like, nah. No, once he lost the war, he was like, no, we're union. Yeah. We're one country. Let's just do this thing. Um, a hilarious thing that happened was when his wife, Mary, was taken hostage, not hostage, but she was across enemy lines in Arlington. Yeah. The uh, Union Army kicked her out, and they turned his home, Arlington, into a firing range for training <laughs> and shot at the house. Really? Because they're like, this is General Lee's house? That's and they, fucking and funny, they shot dude. It. Well, then what they did was they started burying their dead in his yard. Whoa. Why? Because they didn't want him to move back in. They were like, oh, this is your house? This is our house. So when you hear about Arlington National Cemetery, that's like the major military cemetery, that's his house. Robert E. Lee's house, is it, it? It was. Oh, my God. Until the Union soldiers were like, we're going to turn your house into our cemetery because fuck you. That's funny. Shot your house. And then, ha, ha, ha. That's very hard. Yeah. They, they literally buried their dead so close to his house. They were like, uh, this will become a cemetery, and he can't stop that from happening. And then it did. That's so fucking funny. That's <laughs> hilarious. Um, That's got to be great if you're one of the soldiers there. And you're like, oh, this they, is his house? They oh, my God. Very proud of themselves. Just walking around his house. This is where he sleeps? Huh. Could you imagine? Just, jerk off on his bed. If you're like an 18-year-old kid, like, we're fighting this dude, and you walk in there, this is his house? He's got any food? Dude, let's shoot out the windows, and I'm going to jerk off on his pillow. <laughs> and then some general comes in, and he's like, ha-ha. Let's bury our dead here. Oh, yeah. Fuck you, yeah, dude. What's better? <laughs> Slapping him in the face. <laughs> um, Of course, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about his statues. He has many statues in yeah. the South. I don't think that he would dig that that fact. Um, yeah. There was no statues of him during his life, but during his life, there was a bunch of old Confederates who wanted to put up a statue of Stonewall Jackson. Yeah. And they want, They came to him and like, help us build this thing. And he said, no. Why did he say no? Because he's like, we lost. Yeah. He, he ultimately was like, if you build a statue, people will use it as a reason to keep the idea of the war going. And, <laughs> and we lost the war, guys. That's so fucking funny. that We're done. And that happened. People still. And then they built statues of him to talk about how the war isn't over. <laughs> in fact, in Charlottesville, Virginia in 2017... The state was talking about taking away a statue of him. There were protesters and counter-protesters and the police, and three people were killed in these protests over whether or not his statue should be removed. I didn't know people died from it. Damn. I knew the protests happened. Yeah, back in, in 2017, three people were killed in these protests, these riots, essentially. Oh, they turned into riots? Um, his statue was removed, and he still has many statues down south, but there's a lot of talk about getting rid of them now, um, which I think he would agree with. No, I'm like one of those people who I think uh, remove him because he wasn't a very good person. But I also um, I'm also not to the point of caring because I people just suck, and I just accepted <laughs> people suck. So fine, yeah. fuck you. I understand you don't want to have the thing that represents something bad being presented. Yeah, and I'm on board with you. If it was just a, a easy like take him down, sure. Yeah, I agree with you. But people just are shitty and fuck. I just want there to be statues of Neil Young, maybe. Oh. Just not Robert E. Lee or Ulysses S. Grant. Finish, not war shit. Finish Crazy Horse, man. Hey, hey. Come on, finish it. 
finish Crazy Horse and then put more Crazy Horse statues everywhere. Yeah, okay. Fuck the man. Put some some Marie Curie. Curry. Yeah, we need some Marie Curie statues. I bet Mary there are Curie. some in Europe. She fucking hated America. <laughs> <laughs> she hated it. Um, let's see. Uh there's also like right now, uh his college, Washington Lee University. Um, his face and Washington, uh, George Washington's face are on their diplomas. Um, there is a group of students at Washington Lee University who are moving, like trying to get his face removed from their diplomas. Yeah. Uh, for the reasons you think, it's in transit right now. I don't know how I feel about that. Not cool. If it does, awesome. I mean, that's the thing is I don't want to celebrate a, uh, you know, a racist guy who owns slaves either. Washington did, so you're gonna move his, remove his too. Uh, I'm yeah, they okay want to remove. As well. They want to remove his face too. Go yeah. ahead, remove them both. Unfortunately, even people who are good have done shitty stuff. So that's what happens. And to me, it's just one of those things where I feel like it's it's silly because the people who want them up aren't gonna change their minds because you take them down. And the whole idea is you want to take them down because it represents something shitty. Right. I get that. It's just I don't know. I guess. Apathy kicks into a point where I go, I just don't care enough to, it, it's not going to change the minds of people who suck and it's not going to change the minds of people who go, yeah, I don't agree with that statue. Yeah. Removing it's not going to make them any better and removing it, it's not going to make these other guys any worse. Um, I don't know. It's hard to do. It's hard to say. It's a moral conundrum. Yeah. Because the people who want those statues, if you remove it, they're only going to be more in sight. In- incentivized to like get a portrait of him and put it in their house and just praise it. Yeah, and, and be like more about it. Nobody else agrees with us. We're the they took down our rebels. heroes. Let's tell our kids about it. You know. And I mean, like even Winston Churchill. I love Churchill. He cool. was cool. he did some shitty things, yeah. and I would not take. A, he did not like the Indians. He, he told hated Gandhi. Yeah, he did hate Indian, yeah. So, I mean, he was helping with the oppression to some degree, of at least being, if anything, passive, if not maybe even active. But nonetheless, I wouldn't say take down Churchill's shit. I love Churchill. Um, you just have to pick what you it is like tough. and don't like about the person and understand that there is, you have that ability to do so. Hey, he was a great war leader. He did all this awesome stuff for his people. He also did some shit that I don't agree with at all. Yeah, I hate those arguments, too. They make me so uncomfortable. Yeah, because it's like David Bowie had a fourteen-year-old girlfriend. I love David Bowie. Uh, Kobe Bryant has some rape allegations. I love Kobe Bryant, and so you or Louis C.K. We both have a problem. Yeah. So, but what we're dealing with, because Robert owned slaves and fought a war to maintain slavery. I don't see. So it's easier to say, "Ah, don't build that fucking guy statue. Yeah. But when you're from the South, there's a cultural sense of. He represents our ability to be our own culture, and you don't, you don't equate that. That even Robert admitted that the war was over, but they don't. Yeah. So the more statues that you put up, the more you continue this argument that was has been invalid for 150 years. Well, in my opinion on the South, on that, I'm sure people will disagree from the South, but that is that, you know, the flag and putting up these kind of statues like the Southern flag, whatever, like that. That's you tying yourself to something that did represent something, but you're trying to say it represents something else. Why are you even tied to it at all? You can just that's, represent that's what true. you think that thing does without it being tied to a symbol that also represents something else. 
And I think it's just silly. And I've heard people be like, that's not what it's for. It's not for slavery. I'm like, okay, but a lot of people will say otherwise. And it's enough. Ask a black person. Yeah, it's enough. What do you think? That it symbolizes that as well. Even if you don't think it does at all, if if a symbol is to represent something, well, to a lot of people, it represents that. So it is also a symbol for that. I also think that's all it symbolizes. Well, let's not kid So, ourselves. yeah. But if you fly a Confederate flag and you give it some subtle argument, if I fly a Klingon flag, are you going to ask me what it stands for? Does it stand for pro-Klingon or do I have some other thing where it's actually about chocolate bars? Yeah, right. Like, we know what the Confederate flag stands for and the Confederacy was pro-slavery. Yeah. Let's not... Let's not try to pretend like... Let's not call a rose by another name. Let's not, because Klingons were also pro-slavery, which is why when I drive around with my Klingon flag, I get shit. But I'm fine with it, because the Klingons weren't enslaving humans. They were enslaving Romulans, who aren't people. Yeah. So I'm fine with that. Well, anyways, there's my take on it. I don't know how much more we can add to it. I mean, it's it's just such a stupid argument. And what I love is that Robert agrees with us. Yeah. Is that it's done. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't even dead yet. Yeah. And he was like, it's done. After the war pretty much was ended, he's like, okay. Yeah, he admitted defeat, and he's like, we're done. Yeah. Pro-union. Let's go. Um, there, uh, let's see, the, the, the last bit, if you wanted to, there is a 2003 Robert Duvall movie called Gods and Generals that won a bunch of awards. It's fine. Uh, it does deal with Robert's, uh, moral conflict about joining the war. Hmm. It, what's better is it's based on a, a trilogy of historical fiction novels about him. Uh, they won Pulitzer Prizes. I haven't read them, but I have them on my list. They sound pretty good. There's also a movie from 1993, um... Uh, called Gettysburg that is about the Gettysburg uh, battle, which is pretty cool. Yeah. There are several alternate history books in which the South wins, uh, and Robert takes different uh, positions in those books. They're dumb. The, are they? Is, is it because they were wanting that to be the outcome, or is it this whole kind of like alternate reality? Well, it would be both. fun to be fictional. There's both. There, there are some alternate history novels where the South wins and it goes terribly. Yeah. And there are some where it goes amazing. Because uh, I can see doing... Depends on where you stand. I've seen a lot of sci-fi writers or even just fantasy or whatever yeah. kind of do like our world, but they do alternate events. And they do it not because they're trying to prove a point of like, this is how it should have been. They're like, this is just an interesting aspect if I just change the world and then I can kind of make my own changes without having to follow all of history. Yeah. So I don't know if it's that or if it's... Or some of them are like, no, this is what it should have been. It would have been awesome, dude. The blacks were dead. Yeah. All of them. No, it's that most alternate history novels are like a thought experiment. Where yeah. you just go, well, what if this happened, and then what if this happened, and you just you just let it evolve itself. Right. Some of them are pro-South bullshit. I imagine that would be the case. There's a lot of that, yeah. yeah. It's the same people who don't want his statues to come down. Um, the very last thing I had is the SS Robert E. Lee was a passenger steamboat. Hmm. Uh, it, it was uh, designed to take people from New York to New Jersey, generally, but it also took longer passages from New York to Florida, okay. Florida into New Orleans. It was just around the East Coast. In 1942, it was sunk by a German U-boat. Oh, my God. So <laughs> the SS Robert E. Lee sinking, because it's not a battleship. It's a passenger steamboat. Oh, bummer, yeah. Uh, that was one of the in things that made us join World War II. I mean, of course, obviously Pearl Harbor. Right. But this is one of the, the nagging things the Germans did to us. Where we were like, you fucks. Yeah. So a bunch of passengers died on the SS Robert E. Lee in 42 that made us go, oh, these fucking Germans. <laughs> so Robert 
uh, led to another goddamn war. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot, buddy. (laughs) Well, man, I actually really enjoyed this episode. Uh, Different than what I thought it was going to be for sure, because I knew only a little bit about him. And yeah, my mind before was a harsher kind of personality. That's what I anticipated. Yeah. So it was weird. When I started the research and it came about that he was like a, a flirty sort of silly man tickle my like, feet and i'll read you a story like, are you serious this is the <laughs> confederate leader yeah. war leader yeah that's 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 why people know, time the union, the makes union. fucking jokes yeah because history is ridiculous the union's great i would die for the union they're okay uh, i'm so so on a, not my favorite i don't like them i hate them fucking kill them die war yeah. whatever their stupid war cry yeah. was that was I clicked on that video like oh, I bet this shit is intense, and then it's literally eighty year old men going, oh, like "You sound like a cat in heat." <laughs> yeah, that's oh, so funny. Well, thanks, Justin. Yeah, thanks for the uh, recommendation for the suggestion. Very good suggestion. Send in more if you have any. Uh, that's to any dabbler. We'll do our research and try to get your guys's uh, suggestions done. We're fucking ready. Yeah, for all of it. Yeah, we love you guys oh, so much. I'm gonna rub my balls. All over my couch later thinking about you. Continue telling your friends. We're spreading more and more. We really appreciate it. So if you know somebody who would really enjoy learning about history, about specific people, which obviously go into events um, often, but yeah, share that shit with your friends, with your family. We do swear and we do uh, have dick jokes and stuff, so it might not be for everybody, but... Just tell the cool people in your life, the ones who aren't fucking babies. Yeah. Uh, Go Dabbler Army. Increase our ranks. Let's make this shit real. Bam! Oh, man, because as soon as it's real, they're going to start building statues of people that we don't like, and we're going to be the people who tear those statues down and then kill three people in a riot. <laughs> oh, man. Dabbler army! <laughs> ay, 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 ay. We're going to have the Xena yell. That's our shit. The Xena yell. <laughs> hey, thanks again for listening to one of our podcasts. Be sure to catch our next one that's coming out. Thank you. People time. People time. Hey, click on the next one and subscribe, bitch.